Hey, Gravity Lift fam. We have a big favor to ask of you. Please head over to iTunes, look up the Gravity Lift podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars would be awesome if you are a fan of the podcast. And if you are looking for other ways to support, we have a Patreon page, which is a simple way for you to contribute to the creation of all things Gravity Lift. In exchange, you'll receive some fun perks as well as our humble gratitude. And it's really just a way for us to continue creating new and informative content. If you'd like to learn more, head to patreon.com slash gravity underscore lift. Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. I always talk about how in my 42 years I've lived multiple lives and I feel like our guest today has somehow lived 10 times as many lives as I have in much less <laughs> amount of time. Yeah, traveling nomad. And just an overall like jack of all trades. He worked on a fishing boat. He makes some pretty crafty cocktails. He's a DJ. Yeah, I like his style. I feel, I feel <laughs> kind of attached to that. I, I haven't lived in a bunch of different places, but I feel attached to that jack of all trades. So what do we call it, like a Jameson of all trades or what? A Jameson of all trades. I think that works. A Jordan of all trades. It's just the J names. Yeah. That's how we roll. What's the deal with those J names? Oh, <laughs> the big deal. The big deal. He is a big deal. It was really cool to talk to him. He is this tall, gangly, smiley, sparkly dude just like you. And so I've kind of um, always been curious about him when we're out and about. And I think the last time we were at an event he was at, I was like, hey, you come on our podcast I want to chat so it was cool to have him in a space where we're not yelling over music and distracted by other things going on and we could just get to know him yeah I look forward to uh continuing the relationship a little bit more mm-hmm. want to go rock climbing with him hang out a bit yeah and I'm still uh I'm still hoping for a little J to J <laughs> so B to B J to J B to B I think you, you guys would mesh really well up there together nice. so yeah Alrighty. Well, we'll let you hear about this traveling nomad. Um, so we like to always ask everyone from the beginning if you have a safe word. <laughs> um, I, what do we, let's go with pineapple. See? Pineapple's so pineapple's popular. the popular go-to why, safe why word. And yeah, everyone just does it. something. I think, I think that's a great pick. We just watched, uh, what was it, Justin Timberlake on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. And apparently they're like <laughs> best friends. And uh, his wife, what's her name? Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale was on it too. Yeah. And so uh, Justin Timberlake holds up like flashcards and like trying to get his best friend, who's Jimmy, or his wife, Jessica Beale, to like yeah. answer the question, right? And they like, they're, each one is getting ones wrong and right and they finally go to one and like what's the safe word and like all of them go with pineapple <laughs> and then all their faces are bright red like uh it's not <laughs> like what? we haven't used this in yeah. a setting but yeah anyway the point to the safe word for us we're not going to be getting kinky or anything but hey, I mean, if the conversation goes down a route where you realize you don't really feel comfortable having it recorded or with people usually in uh, the music scene it tends to be something regarding uh, an event that hasn't been announced yet or a track get 
you're working on. So yeah, um, that kind of stuff we're totally cool with. Um, just give us a pineapple and we'll reroute. Because <laughs> <laughs> in general, we prefer not to do any major editing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind. Gotcha. I, I basically pineapple. do nothing. <laughs> 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 so I try to get the sound levels perfect at the yeah. beginning. Um, all right. Well, perfect. for those of you that don't know, if you didn't read the title for some reason, we have <laughs> Jameson Dill on. <laughs> hey, guys. How you doing? Doing doing good. Yeah. So can you Happy give me a little background on your name? Because I also have a unique name. And so I'd, I'd be curious if uh, you know the origins of your name. Not exactly. So, I mean, when I ask my parents about it, obviously being a bartender to it <laughs> i was like all right why'd you why'd you name me this my mom listen, drinks some scotch still Bushmills every once in a while so i'm like maybe she, back in the day she was drinking jameson but i mean she was 38 when i was born so i don't think she was kind of past that phase mm. but they always just said they liked the name it, it didn't have anything to do with the alcohol um no like family heritage i don't have any family members that are named jameson or anything like that um so i really don't know i think they just liked the name jameson and i and love went the with name it. yeah i think it's great when i was a little kid everybody called me jamie and then it was like at, at like age 12 or 13 i think it was it was definitely seventh grade when you're hitting middle school and like the awkward times I was like not jameson and it took probably about six years to finally make the swap but it's always funny going back to bellingham and seeing you know old high school friends and like oh jamie i'm like oh i haven't heard that oh, that's <laughs> weird so but, you're from bellingham then yeah ferndale okay. if you know where that is custer if you know where that is it's a kind of uh, outside outside so yeah i went to ferndale high school but custer's like kind of by blaine washington but it's okay. essentially an elementary school a post office and oh, wow. um what a country store and then they have tony's tavern which is a classic <laughs> i feel like that's been a running theme of the last maybe five or six plus guests that we've had on or it's, everybody's been from like really small yeah towns. it's interesting how did you end yeah. up here um i mean just being the pacific northwest seattle was always kind of the the major city to go to so I don't know, high school, I always wanted to get out. I just wanted to get out of Ferndale as much as I could. So I actually went to study abroad in my senior year of high school. I went to France. Um, but then, yeah, after coming back and doing college, uh, I went to college in Montana, then at Western, and then I ended up at Wazoo. Then I moved to San Diego, and then I kind of realized, oh, my God, the Pacific Northwest is the best. And, whoa, and whoa, came whoa, back. whoa. You don't get to just brush over all that. I want to, wow, was this some severe ADD going on? Like, yeah. why are you bouncing all over the place? Well, that, So that's like Errant, where I used to be Errant Sons. I was DJ Errant. That was kind of the wanderer, like stray cat. And that's how I felt for a lot of my life uh, from like 17 to like, till I moved to Seattle. Um, but yeah, moved around a lot. Um yeah, senior year in France, uh, just because I wanted to get out of the U.S. And my, my mom studied abroad in the Netherlands when she was in high school. So I think that kind of motivated me to do that, too. And French is the most beautiful language in the world. So um, definitely wanted to go learn that. And yeah, so that was fun. I got out of doing my senior project, too, which was cool. Um, but then, yeah, after that, I went to Montana State University my freshman year to basically snowboard. Um, I went as a photography major. Like I was the editor of our yearbook um, or photo editor for our yearbook in high school and wanted to do that. But um I don't know. That was 2009. Not the best time economically to be a photographer. No. Were you and Jason Wu like in the same classes or anything? No, he went to U of M. I, went, I was okay. at Montana State. So yeah, it is kind of funny how the Montana crew's over here. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Quite a few. I think they're all, what, him I and Christian are from Billings? it's a pretty big state. <laughs> it's, it's big, but I mean, it's all one area code. There's not that many people there. Oh, That's wow. The, the population's pretty, pretty small. Wow. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I was over there for photography, but out-of-state tuition and... 
like at the end of the my freshman year, they had um, like a presentation from all the professors, the photography professors, and then a couple of professional photographers as well. And there was like one guy who said he graduated from school and got a credit card and dropped like $10,000 on gear and just hoped it worked out and it did. And everybody else you could tell had, had come from at least a bit of money and were like, they were able to try and do their craft without worrying about paying for their life the whole time. And it was like yeah. that, that plus looking at my bill from out of state tuition, I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to Washington. And, um, yeah. So then I went to Western, um, for a year, uh, just in my hometown and that was just kind of figure out what I wanted to do. So I just did general classes there, um, business classes. Definitely wasn't a big fan of being in my hometown for college. It was, I don't know. <laughs> You just end up hanging out with your high school friends, which there's nothing wrong with that, but you're not like... Going, All the high school friends out. will call you Jamie. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so then there was that. And then um, I took off a semester to go backpack in Europe with my uh, my current roommate, Zach. Um, so that was, yeah, when I was 20. And then came back and transferred to Wazoo and then finished out at Wazoo um, and got a degree in hospitality business management. So oh, nice. nice. And Just then the what, what was the San Diego? Oh, yeah, that was, uh, say, so yeah, after <laughs> good I... Memory, yeah. Good memory, <laughs> I forgot that one. <laughs> trying to lead myself along there. Um, so, yeah, after I graduated from Wazoo, I moved back to Bellingham and with my mom, and uh, I was there for, like, about a month, and I was applying to jobs in Seattle and trying to get out of Bellingham, uh, but I was basically just going crazy with my mom. It was, I don't know. I just was getting a little stir crazy. Plus being in Bellingham and it's hard in the to hometown. Go back yeah. Too. yeah, hard to go back. And, and I felt like for her, cause I'm the youngest. So like everybody had been out of the house. There was no other kids or anything. And like going back and living with her, I could tell it was kind of like, just like it's weird having <laughs> me there for her too. So it wasn't, I don't know. It was a mutual thing where it's, it wasn't bad. It was just a little weird. And, uh, I don't know. I had two buddies down in San Diego and they're like, Hey, we've got a couch. Like if you want to do it, just come on down. So I just kind of one day was like, all right, screw it. I'm just packing up my car and, and drove down I-5 all the way down there. And I was down there for about a year. Um, it was fun, but San Diego just felt like a vacation the whole time. I never felt like home. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like SoCal, I mean, not uh, San Diego's not like LA, but it's still not, I don't know. I didn't get along with people as well as I do here in Seattle. It's a little more materialistic, obviously. And I don't know. There's definitely a different vibe. Yeah, for sure. definitely a different vibe. So it was fun. But I mean, I think for me, it was like once it started to become winter time because I moved back in what it was like October. And that was when I moved in with Darius. Uh, it was like right after I moved back. Um, but I just missed snowboarding. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I tried surfing down there, but it's not. I don't know. The experience is so different where you're out in the water with a bunch of other people. And then I sucked at it, which is never. A, <laughs> I, I hate sucking at things. So it's like being out there falling over, getting in people's way. And, and people definitely out in the water weren't super friendly. They're not nice. No. I was like, clearly I'm bad at this. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you, give, give me an easy time. No but, one's trying to help you out. No, like, they're not just at getting all. pissed at you for getting their way. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then, and it wasn't like snowboarding for me is I'm going to go disappear in the woods for a couple hours and not see yeah. anybody really or maybe like hear one person shout as they're going down the hill and that's like it versus out there it's like it's relaxing to be on the water but when you have so many people surrounding you it wasn't the same kind of disconnect and uh going into nature yeah less of yeah. a meditative flow state yeah. more of a i don't want to drown i don't want to piss that guy off yeah like, well, or yeah. you're in a flow state for like 45 seconds <laughs> if yeah if you could even get up or if you right? just, like, get up and fall <laughs> but over if you're snowboarding you're like yeah back in the country and oh yeah said it's just dead quiet yeah it's like the backside of stevens or i grew up going to mount baker so it's like okay powder's my thing I, i've never been like a train park rat uh, up on the mountain and it's i don't know yeah just going out and just sitting down and like that silence of the snow yes. is is so magical and, and opening days this week and i'm super excited but i'm going up to the mountain on thursday nice yeah we've we've been talking about it a lot i got Definitely. a friend who's got a bachelor party coming up yeah and they're all going to idaho 
Okay. Uh, I'm going to go do some skiing over in Silver. And I have like a 13 year old pair of skis yeah. that <laughs> just the technology is so much oh, different man. nowadays. Yeah. But like, I don't have the finances to go buy all yeah. my gear. So then I'm like, all right, well then I'll rent gear. But then you're just renting it and you're paying just to use yeah, it for a couple days. 70, 80 but, bucks. Or even more than that but, if you do it yeah. a couple days. Yeah. I got to do it. It's, I miss the snow so much. It's worth it. Especially the upgrade. Like I had one board from when I was 15 until I was 25. And then I upgraded to like the new Magna Traction, all this other stuff. And it was like insane the difference that the technology in, in 10 years was like, wow, it just felt completely different riding, so much more control. And yeah. And I'm sure for skis, it's the same thing. Yeah. My friends were like, oh yeah, just like fix up your skis a bit and it'll be great. So yeah. I fixed them up and went and I was like, all right, well that was all right. But I had a friend who worked at Sturdivans and he was just yeah. like, all right, yeah, here's a pair. Just try them out. And I tried them out and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like so much easier, like so much less fatigue. I could do so much more fun stuff. And yeah. It's just like, you got to do it. Yeah, you should try like demoing gear, see if you can find a place that'll. Yeah. That's what I suggest. That way you can demo the high end. It costs a little bit more, but it's worth it. And then yeah. you and then you have an idea when you do want to buy of, yeah. of really what you want. I grew up skiing every single weekend. And so it's been a hard transition to not yeah. have it in my life anymore. But oh, where did you grow up? Was it here in Washington? Around here. Okay, yeah. Cool. West Seattle and then ended up in Issaquah and part of why we moved to Issaquah was because we were driving up to Snoqualmie Pass yeah. every weekend <laughs> and so we'd pass by this little town which back then there was nothing yeah it was tiny and it had a water slide park and everything and we would drive past and be like oh we should live there because yeah. it's like half the distance <laughs> up there and and so we ended up moving there and yeah I, I think all the way through so I was probably 23 23 every i mean yeah well that's what a 30 45 minute drive from yeah where was the water park yeah it was right off the free so you would see it on the freeway so you know where the movie theater is now it was kind of right around there in Issaquah. Mm-hmm. you would look one way and you'd see the triple a triple x triple x um <laughs> burger place and uh-huh. you'd look on the other side of the freeway and there's a water slide park but people died at it so they shut it down oh <laughs> All right. <laughs> we were too young for that. We yeah. missed out on the water Damn, slide. Yeah. closed Death. it before we got to go. And my parents were like, yeah, it's not safe. <laughs> so you yeah, never clearly. actually got to go to no, it. No, okay. we would just see it when we would drive by. <laughs> and then once we finally moved there, it was already gone. It's just a like, tease Damn. for so many years. Nice. Yeah. So how do you end up moving from San Diego to live with Darius of yeah. all people? So that Darius I met um, when I was at Wazoo because I promoted for USC and did the whole, okay. oh, man. The flyer days. I'm so glad those aren't a thing anymore. But yeah. I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh. I did it for Insomniac for a yeah. while. And it was just. Just like I remember Freak Night coming over and like I get my free ticket. But then in the middle of the show, you have to run outside and go hit all the cars in the parking lot with flyers. And then you're freezing because you're in a tiny little like outfit. And it's. Uh, oh, I want to yeah. hear about this tiny little raver outfit you're oh, wearing. Well, I think. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what different outfits I did. Uh, there was one where I was in a morph suit. And oh, that was nice. just, that was probably the coldest. Just actually. a thin layer of Just a morph suit. Over. And then I wore like these tiny little women's size purple jogging shorts to match it. Just, I yeah. feel it. So my brother's name is James. Yeah. And he, I have the, all these great epic pictures of him in morph suits. Yeah. Like, I can totally see you <laughs> in that. Very cool. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, the USC days. But yeah, I met it. I met him through that. Um, and yeah, I hung out with him when he was at Wazoo a few times and hit him up when I was coming back to Seattle because he booked me and at Foundation the one time I played there like two or three weeks before I moved to San Diego. So I'd already kind of talked to him about being in Seattle but then decided screw it I'm moving to the sunshine and uh, then came back and 
he would at the same time was um dealing with moving out so we had one roommate casey who'd already moved out of his place we had an extra bedroom yeah casey fatch who's also down in yeah he's in la LA, yeah doing music things down there it sounds like he's doing well um but yeah i stayed with him for a few days and then we ended up finding a place and lived with him for about three and a half months um and then I moved into a new house where I was supposed to move in with a girlfriend and a couple of buddies, and then she broke up with me like three days after we moved in. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. So who stayed? Oh, I stayed. I mean, it, it wasn't like her name was on the lease or Got anything, it. but she was supposed to move in like three or four months later once she graduated um, from Wazoo. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, that, that didn't happen. I, at this point, I'm very glad. Hindsight's always 2020. <laughs> yeah, she did you a favor by yeah. doing it before, not like three months yeah. after when you already have a lease. And Oh, definitely. Oh, I mean, we had the lease and everything, but I had roommates and all that, and I ended up, it worked out because I, I had like the master bedroom that was supposed to be all big for a nice. couple to live in. But um, then one of my roommates wanted to swap. And then his girlfriend ended up moving in a few uh, weeks later. So it worked out where I was like, okay, I don't have to pay for the most expensive room. <laughs> yeah. And it was really depressing being in that room for the first few days. I was like, oh, I was supposed to be here with my girlfriend. And then, yeah. So that was an interesting time. But um, yeah. There's lots of interesting times with yeah. in the career, like you talked about going from trying to be a photographer and the difference of not having a ton of money yeah. to just like, survive during your craft yeah to then also because how long have you been doing bartending stuff uh i started that at wazoo so it was kind of once i after i went to that uh, western for a year i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do other than just like a general business management degree and um my mom actually kind of suggested looking into hospitality and i was like oh that actually makes sense i've always i worked in restaurants and you know throughout high school and everything else like that and I'll be honest, I threw like a lot of house parties and had a lot of fun doing that. And even in France, we would have like dinner things. That was kind of the, I don't know, something cultural over there where they're like, hey, we're just going to make dinner and have a bunch of friends over, which I wish that happened mm-hmm. more here. I, mean, I need to live in France. That's my kind Whoa. of Yeah. Well, I she's Italian. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah. like Italy's pretty much the same, same thing. Same kind of thing. That's like, other than the podcast, that's my favorite is yeah. just have a couple, maybe two to five friends over, make some food, crack open some wine, listen to music chill yeah when it's like it. a different eating you know a two-hour experience yeah, over there versus here like where you're like shut in your face yeah yeah so. so is bartending pretty much your full-time gig right now then yeah kind of full-time right now i'm uh, not as full-time as i used to be um I, right now i work at bell harbor convention center i'm kind of filling in working there oh, so yeah, it's all big right. events and I, i'm not the biggest fan of that work but it's definitely helped me with like running the bars at um no signal and like bigger events like that where it's because you also do the sky high events yeah so i i worked at smith tower for like a year and a half okay there and that was all full-time um i definitely missed that but nobody wants to quit there and let me get my job unfortunately (laughs) um but yeah so that kind of got me my my foot in the door for that whole sky high thing but for those uh events other than the very first one I, i didn't have to really run the bars they they did it for me since I was paying them to do that. Um, but yeah, the first event that we had on the patio, I had to bartend it, and that was crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, just another one of those parties that kind of popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, well, was, it, was, it was pretty cool in the beginning when Smith Tower first opened. Um, I mean, as with any business, it was a rough opening, and they had. Oh, I could go on forever about how rough that that opening was, but I'd I'd never been part of an opening opening a business before, and. Whew, that that was a lot of work um, in the beginning, especially having a bar set up by a cook, and like they had to do another, what was it like a ninety thousand um, dollar like renovation of the bar about four months after they opened because oh, it was geez. set up so poorly, and they they thought it, it was like 
they expected one bartender to work at a time and then the bartender would also make the food and like make coffee and they thought it was going to be just kind of like a little kiosk and then they're like oh shit people like drinking on the 35th floor of this building that's odd it was like all of the bartenders were sitting there like duh this is why i applied for this job yeah um, yeah because it's a beautiful view yeah it's... no originally when it opened it was supposed to be open from 10 a.m to 5 p.m and that was it and uh... maybe until six and it was supposed to be like a daytime thing just for tourists not at all and now it's like they finally they're like no this yeah. is a cocktail bar so for those that don't know you yeah. basically walk into this like old iconic building in downtown yeah. seattle right in pioneer square and then you go up like a hundred year old elevator so, or yeah something? it was the the building was done completed in 1914 opened on july 4th yeah. um and yeah the elevators they just finished renovating or they're working on the last one which is a little sad so they're re- renovating them and updating them but they up until what it was like uh, january of this year all of the elevators were fully manually operated uh, they're 114 year old engines, so they're direct current. They're not even alternating current, which is kind of terrifying. It's like Th- Thomas Edison's dead technology, but they were still <laughs> using it in the building. Um, but it was a ton of fun because I got to learn how to drive the elevators. Ooh. Yeah, because you walk in and there's a guy yeah. that sits well, that's there in like my a full favorite, suit. One of my favorite parts of the whole experience yeah. is just chatting with the elevator man in his great little outfit. Yeah, that's and, Dick. He's yeah. he's. And it hilarious. takes a while to get up 35 floors when you're on in an old elevator. Oh yeah, well the old actually the old engines are faster than the new ones, which is kind of fun. Really? Yeah, yeah. interesting. They they had some torque. Those were some big engines. Yeah, they, they were, it was cool. If you went down to like their circuit board, it was popping and crackling all the time because there was so much friction since it was during Oh, jeez. Yeah. Nice. But yes, you get up and then there's just like beautiful windows yeah. lining the entire outside with a beautiful yeah. view over like the port and everything. And then you got that outside deck. Yep. 360 degree spot. view. And then if you look like right down, there's one corner on the building where you can look down second half and it just looks straight at the space needle. So it's, it's like just framed between all the skyscrapers. And I didn't even see that one. Yeah. That one's, nice. uh, the, I missed the view from that, that job. It was, it was great. Especially on the slow days where I'm like just sitting there drinking a coffee and nobody was there. I'm like, this is, I can get used to this. You're <laughs> such a Pacific Northwestern. <laughs> that whole statement right there. <laughs> no one was there. I was drinking my coffee, looking at the view. Like, okay. It's, it's like, I usually work nights, but those opening shifts where you get to just hang out and there's like, it's 1030 in the morning. Yeah. And obviously nobody's there. You're just prepping the bar and it's like, you can get five minutes and you can just take it in the view. It's, I don't know. Seattle's gorgeous. I love this. So you city. have this more solitary side where you want to go sit on a mountainside, and then you have this a lot more social side. That yeah, you like throwing <laughs> events and parties. So where it sounds like the the I'm gonna entertain aspect was there. Um, yeah. from the get go. But where did music come along in that scene? As far as knowing you wanted to make it or DJ or yeah. bring it to the events. I mean, music has always been. A, a big part of my life for me, I started out liking rock and like heavy metal the most. Like the first major concert I went to was Corn and Mudvayne, and that was, <laughs> that was fucking awesome. I was like fourteen and just oh, that, yeah. Did you I have sp- long hair? Uh, kind of. I mean, it's basically about as long as my hair is now, but it was long everywhere. It's like mm. instead of cutting the sides, so it was this weird like poof on the sides essentially, and then kind of nice. flat on top. And I was an awkward fourteen-year-old, but uh, I feel like you could totally all? bring that back, though. Yeah, maybe. I, I want to leave it the way it is right now. Yeah. Since she just likes froze. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely do. have that. It's like a fro on the sides, but yeah, I tried to grow it out. I think the longest I straightened it one time, and I could no. pull it down to like my like no chin. Straightening allowed. Oh, that, that was before I cut it. I had to do it. Okay, yeah, I guess for experiments. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I started it out with rock and heavy metal and I, I played like piano as a kid, but I think most people do that. And then I got into bass guitar, um, through that. And so I was in, you know, a couple tiny bands with your friends and stuff in middle school and high school. Um, but then when I went to France was actually when I kind of learned about electronic music. Um, 
you know, there was Benny Benassi and like rabby stuff that we listened to in high school. Um, but nothing like, I didn't really appreciate what a DJ could do to a dance floor. Cause I, you know, when you're 16 in the U S it's not like there's that many opportunities, <laughs> especially in Bellingham. It's not like Seattle. There was probably more underage things that you could do. But for me, it was like, I'd never been exposed to what that. What time frame are we looking at? Your age and I the was, year. So I was 17 oh, okay. um, in in France. So 17, I was there from September till uh, March. And I have no idea how year. old you are. So what year? I am, been? I'll be 28 in March. Oh, okay. So, so okay. yeah, 10 years ago. 10 years. Um, yeah. Wow. That's been a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, over there, obviously it's Europe. The, there's house music everywhere. And so I kind of got to see what it did to, to nightlife. I remember there's one bar that's closed now, which is a shame. It was like called 1921 in Wren. Um, the place that I lived is just this super rowdy, rough, smelly bar in, a, in an alley that smelled like piss. And it was on this road that was called Rue de la Soif. It was actually called Rue de Saint-Michel, but they called it the Rue de la Soif because it's the road of thirst. And it was just bars. The whole thing was mm. bars. Um, it was so cool. Um, but yeah, going there and like seeing DJs and just... I don't know. That was the first place where I'd been exposed to that, like having a dance floor and getting to see what, what music could do for you and not just hearing like the most mainstream, like sandstorm and things like that. Um, (laughs) So after that, that kind of got me hooked on it. But the, I listened to electronic music and like when I was doing throwing parties, like house parties, like 18 and 19, I always had the like remote app on my phone so I could change the music for iTunes through my phone. So I could tell like people weren't looking at it, like liking the tracks. And so I'd switch mm. the next one or change it up. The birth. Yes. And so that was like my first experience of DJing. Um, but then when I went backpacking through Europe uh, when I was 20, I we met this girl from Manchester um, when we were in Berlin. And Berlin is amazing. Um, but yeah, we had a ton of fun partying with her in Berlin. She stayed at our same hostel and then, um, we met up with some crews and went to like, or off Warsaw Strassen, somewhere out in the, you know, kind of very industrial Soviet block area. And I went to a, a warehouse like club there and I just was immediately in love because like, that was like real deep house or they were, they were playing David August. Um, yeah. So you found yourself in Europe twice. Are you yeah. going to make that happen again? Oh God, Are there I any places so. you haven't been yet or places we need to go? Because, I mean, this uh, definitely seems yeah. in, I mean, in your I, blood. Yeah, I would definitely want to get out of the U.S., especially right now. But um, it's so hard to get visas. It's funny. Um, I just want to be able to live and work abroad in France and perfect my French. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Berlin, I can't recommend enough. Um, okay. I haven't, I'm not going to tell you to go to Bergheim because I haven't actually tried to go there. But uh yeah, if you can go to Sisyphus in Berlin, that's the coolest club I've ever okay. been to. Especially outdoors during the summer. They have, have like you a... been to Berlin? No. No. But I would love to. Yeah. Just We'd given go. the music that I like, everyone's like, oh, I went to Berlin once. Now I'm and obsessed it's... with techno. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm already obsessed with techno. So maybe I should go to Berlin. It's not even like Berlin's known for techno because obviously you can go to a place where there's like super banging techno the whole time. Like Corey Simpson's kind of yeah. his, his sort of stuff. Um where it's all yeah, 135 and, and then faster. But there's also tons of good down-tempo, like, um, oh, I can't remember the name because it's so German-sounding, but there's this bar on the top of a parking garage. It's like the top level mm. of a parking garage that they converted into a big venue. And it's wow. all it's all down-tempo, chill music, and, like, you're just sitting on a rooftop drinking, and it's not, like, in your face. So there's just, a, like, their music scene's so much more developed. There's just DJs yeah. everywhere. We were at um, Club Division Air during the day at, like, 2 p.m., and there's a dude just playing awesome minimal on vinyls to, like, eight people sitting in this club and I'm just like god yeah there's so many good djs here we have a lot of djs here but it's like everyone's like fighting for space yeah if the if the show doesn't 
sell out or doesn't do super well, then that venue is going to close down soon. Yeah. It's like, there's always this like constant turnover. It's like this investor, you got to have a ton of money. Yeah. Whereas over there, it just seems like you've got a lot of people that want to DJ and they're willing to pay some locals to just try to bring people in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people support it too. I mean, even the small events on a Tuesday, there's a crowd there or whatever else. It's, there's just so much more of a scene for it. Granted, I think Berlin, you know, it's, you go out any day of the week, there's people out at a bar drinking and smoking with their friends until midnight. And it's like, that's their just normal. Like cultural. It's a normal mm-hmm. thing, which I, I think that's kind of what I, I've loved the most about Europe is it's, it's, there's something more, I don't know, social, I guess it's, it's just a different thing. It's ingrained thing. in the culture. Yeah. Here it kind of is, but it's also like, I feel like we're almost the rebels. Yeah. And and we're fighting this idea of getting the corporate job and working 50, 60 hours a week. Exactly. But over there, they work 35, 40 hours a week and they work hard. But when they're done, they're done. Yeah. Well, and it's about enjoying their life, especially like Spain. I don't know. Does anybody work in Spain? Like when I was in Madrid, <laughs> it, it was just baffling to me where it's like everybody just seems like they're hanging out, having a drink. And it's like none of them care about making tons of money or saving. They're like, yeah. no, exactly. I've got enough for what I need and what yeah. I like to do. And it was hard yeah when we were in italy it was hard to leave we're like just trying to figure out how we could end up there in maybe four or five years and i'm pretty lucky because i both my parents were born in italy Mm -hmm. so i um just have to go to the was it the consulate in san fran and then i can get my citizenship citizenship. and once i have that then since we're married yeah he can get it and then we can work in anywhere in the in the european union so (laughs) that's just need to marry a french girl (laughs) don't don't tell my girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) exactly i mean there's open relationships these days i'm sure she'd be down for oh no my 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 sister lived in amsterdam for about five years and she's got like dutch residency now but um not like citizenship but yeah she was looking at into like possibly doing kind of like one of the couple things maybe she's like maybe i can figure out a way to like get marry somebody over there and do some sort of exchange where they get american citizenship but it's like uh, it's definitely in the political climate and just how things keep getting more and more expensive and and feels like less and less accessible around here yeah um and accessible meaning what we're supposed to want versus when we were in italy or in france this summer it was just like such a reminder of the way that we like to live and mm-hmm. that here it's easy to get kind of drawn into this idea of materialism and yep. rat race and success and over there like success is are you smiling are you dancing are you drinking your wine are you yeah. cuddling on the beach with someone you love like those are that's success yeah, like they, just, they don't really care about your 401k no they, they value things <laughs> other than monetary value yeah. i guess it's it's a sad thing but actually yeah going back to berlin i was a friend who lives over there was posting about uh how there's like a, a nightclub and there's gentrification happening and they're having a bunch of apartments pop up but there's like a big billboard and it's like the music was here first mm-hmm. like yes we don't like produce as much money commercially as a giant high-rise apartment would do but we produce like cultural value and not your money is necessarily well like, and the cultural value brings tourists it brings people like yeah. us there to oh, totally. want to experience the music and something different if it ends up turning into like something we have here then who would want to go so hopefully they keep that big picture concept in mind i think so berlin's such a unique place and i I, when i was talking to somebody there they said that one of the reasons that they it is feels so free in that city is just because they were you know the east and west berlin and like they were so kind of encroached on by russia and the u.s and all that that now they're like nope you can't mess with my freedoms i'm doing whatever (laughs) i want getting as weird as i want and doing doing whatever else so it's i don't know 
So talking a little bit about nationalities, yeah. both her parents being from um, Italy and my sister's done a little bit of research into our lineage and yeah. apparently my mother's side traces back to like Denmark area. So do you know any of your lineage? Have you done any of those 23andMe things? No, I don't trust the guy 23andMe. I don't know what they're doing with that information. I'm I like, know, right. that's my issue. Yeah. She did it and then I already know, but she got it for me for Christmas. Oh. And so I'm like really tempted to do it and I think I'm going to. I've always been kind of like Part of why I got it, it for him is they actually have a health part yeah. to it too which yeah. would be really helpful for all of his autoimmune stuff that we deal with but i agree it's a little bit weird and sketch well it's that's like where i'm like your... okay now you have a pre-existing condition on your insurance and your insurance goes up or something <laughs> yeah. yeah like that that's the kind of weird thing I'm like who are they sharing this information with it's, yeah. Like, yeah there's there's always something so it, that, that's kind of the tough thing um figuring out you know selling your information and everything yeah. but uh like I mean, basically, as far as you look at spying, which is an unfortunate truth, but like the government knows anything and everything about oh, yeah. you. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, literally, we're, like, we're kind of already past that as soon as you I mean, download the Facebook app. Yeah. You're yeah. Pretty much yeah. <laughs> they've yeah. got everything they want on you, and they've been perfecting that work for years. I mean, oh, yeah. you think about everything that comes out in the private sector, usually started in government anyway. And so, yeah. like, they have everything so that's part of it that i'm like <laughs> all right fuck it i guess they can have my dna because they could get it anyway if they yeah, really wanted true. it so i'm Just like the hair falls off and they can grab it and they... but yeah. aside from that <laughs> do you know what your no. so well yeah um, is? my mom's side okay um mom's side of my family i know a little bit about uh she hasn't done like a 23 and me or anything my dad's side i have no idea i don't have the, the best of relationships with my father um but my mom's side it was kind of funny we were always told that we were Hungarian and German, but then I found out when I was 20 that um, it was actually they were German Jews that fled through Hungary and then said they were Hungarian. So I was like, God, I've been called Jewish my whole life, and it's now I knew it. Because you have that amazing Jew yeah, no. <laughs> I would have guessed that right away. It was always funny, epic. yeah. I just had friends who were like, God, you look so Jewish. And I'm like, I'm not at all. And then I find out later, I'm like, oh, I am. Okay, all right. But yeah, it's like, I think, in, what is it, a quarter? No, I guess it'd be an eighth Jewish, and then the rest was kind of... German, essentially. Yeah, when well, we tend to associate being Jewish with having a certain faith and going yeah. to the temple, but really it's a heritage. It's yeah. your genetics. Definitely. Yeah. So maybe that's your draw back to Europe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But then, yeah, that's my mom's side. My dad's side, it's uh, American, Scottish. I, I, I have no idea. So Yeah. So not super close with your dad, but it no. seems like you and your mom are pretty connected. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's great. Yeah. So how was that? Because you said she was 38 when she had you. I'm yeah. a little curious because I will be in over 40. Yeah. Um, having another little person hopefully here soon. Um, so how was that, having a mom that was a little bit older? Because she would have been, by the time you were in high school. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't notice too much of a difference it was she was still a cool mom yeah she was still a cool mom <laughs> i mean my my mom's quiet and it's not like she's i don't know one of the moms that's like going out and playing laser tag with you but she was always supportive she if i wanted to go snowboarding before i drove she would drive up to the mountain and like sit on her computer and do work while i was up snowboarding and no she was very awesome super supportive she was so supportive with like going to france and snowboarding and photography and like always pursuing what i wanted to do and what i enjoyed doing rather than like getting a, a degree in something that was just for making money, and you said money you have or whatever siblings? else. Yeah. So I have uh, two older sisters. One's 11 years older, and that was from like my mom's first marriage. Um, so she's my half-sister technically, but I've known her my whole life. So yeah. she's she's my sister. Um, and then my second uh, sister, Jessica, she's uh, two years older than me. Okay. So she's got the same father. But yeah, she's also 
very into electronic music more so than I am probably even. But um, wow. yeah, she she lived in Amsterdam for yeah, yeah like I said, five years, yeah. um, and was doing art over there. She does like visual Did I stuff. See and then, a picture that you posted recently. Is she's is she doing music? She there? was yeah. So she was she right now. She lives in Chicago technically, but she has to go back to Amsterdam. Like I can't remember what the time frame is, but a certain amount. It's like of six time. months. Yeah, or every six like that, months or yeah. something to keep her residency. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was over there on Red Light Radio doing a live show. But I she saw does. That. She's kind of like like do you know Monolink or yeah yeah so she does performances like that. Granted, very different style of music than him, but she loops her own vocals and nice. and then uh, builds everything. But it's all from it's all live and from scratch. It's it, it's really cool. I'd, it was always sad too because she did this in Amsterdam for so long, so I never got to see her perform. It's it on Amsterdam. his Facebook. You should check it out. Yeah, I remember okay. when I saw it, I, I kind of did a double take where I was like, is he like. You know how people are like, oh, this is my family. Oh, this is my brother. Oh, yeah. this is my sister. I was like, is that his actual sister? Oh, no, that's, or is that just somebody that's like close with him? It's cool. my actual sister. Very yeah, cool. she changed her last name to my mother's last name. So that's where some people get confused. Yeah. Sure. I've considered doing that. But Did you ever did you ever know Dub FX? No. Ever heard that name? No. Well, he was a... Um, it's the first show we went Somewhere to European loop yeah master like gotcha. that created an album and just got i remember finding his album being like this is so good yeah like back in 2010 or something like that and then he's kind of found his own notoriety in different scenes he's much more in like a the jungle scene i guess you could say gotcha. now that was okay. the first show you took me to yeah back in the day at uh numos yeah nice. it was really cool <laughs> to watch He's like, you're going to love this because I just like seeing people create yeah. and to be able to see somebody. It's one thing to hear something that you know they've created, but yeah. to watch them create something on the spot with the use of either whatever tools they have up there or even the crowd, mm. you know, is, I thought it was pretty yeah. sweet. Have you ever played with any of that? Played with, not created anything that I would ever enjoy, want to play out or anything like that but yeah it's i know the feeling yeah (laughs) definitely dabbled around in it but my sister knows so much more about it like i I can play around in ableton and i've done some production on there but like her synthesizers and everything else that she does i'm like i haven't played around with the the recorder that she uses to do loops too but that thing looks really cool so she's basically just like creating synth sounds yeah she creates her own synths and i mean i know for performances she has some of them that are preset but she made them herself and loads them on and uh and goes through the whole set live and then she'll sing and record that and harmonize with it and do different things and so cool yeah oh uh mark ribolette yeah whatever yeah exactly we got tickets for that for boxing day is that okay so i think is it a rebar yeah uh i think so so. nice but it's the day after christmas right yeah yeah that'll be fun i might have to get tickets to that i think it's sold out there's i think there's a few people selling yeah okay i'm sure i could but 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 that i'm excited for that too because it's just a quirky fun weird dude that's just like I'm gonna play some fun shit. I'm gonna loop it, and you're gonna yeah. enjoy it. Oh yeah, when it's so groovy too, all of those yeah. bass lines and everything. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a lot of fun. Speaking of shows, I mean, I guess I don't know. It's always hard when you do a podcast because I'm like, oh, let me talk about these shows coming. Yeah, out. it's like, oh, yeah, well, this probably is gonna come out for Shameless a week or two, so we'll see. Well, what do you do? You have anything fun coming up? Maybe that you're a part of, or that you're just looking forward to? Um, so there's what New Year's Eve. Oh no, there's um, I forgot. Fuad asked me about a uh, a charity. It's for was it Tibbet? Um, yeah, the guy who got cancer. I, I don't know him actually, but it's Tipper? no, tip, not no, no, not something tip. with a T. Yeah, not Tibbet. Uh, but it's close to Tipper. Yeah, yeah something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm playing. It's, tip it? it's like. It's yeah, tip it. I think it's Tip It. Yeah, yeah. Tip it. yeah. So playing that at Love City Love on the 20th, I believe. It's a Thursday next week. Nice. Um, but it's like 30 minute sets. So they're just squeezing in as many DJs as possible nice. to try and raise money for him. So 
Um, that yeah, that that'll be next week, and then we've got the Claude Von Stroke show, obviously, which I'm not playing because that's not exactly my style of music. But uh, but that's so gonna be. But so you're working with all of the the No Signal crew. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of uh, I don't know if you want to call me the right hand man to Sean or whatever, but um, definitely putting in a lot of work for No Signal that. Uh, prepping the last venue was like a 40 hour work week for me and Marcus. That was a, a ton of work getting that place ready, but uh, it's been so much fun kind of, nice. I don't know. There's, Cause I've been promoting for Sean and studio Four four for so long. And then after doing sky high, it was like, I kind of want more ownership in this. And like, yeah. so I talked to him about that and it's nice being able to, I mean, I, I run the bars for all the, the shows and help out with whatever else I can. And so it's, it's And then nice. you got to play the last two. I played all three of them. I played. Every oh, you played all three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And so it's, because yeah, I got to play right before you. Yeah, yeah, that so was so much fun. fun. Especially listening to your set, I was like, I have like every single one of these tracks. This is perfect. <laughs> I feel like you guys could do a uh, like if you ever wanted to do a back to back. I feel like you guys could oh, do definitely. a pretty, yeah. pretty seamless. Some good melodic yeah. techno, yeah, ethereal melodic. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, sometimes back to back, it's fun to have a little bit contrasting styles. Yeah. But I feel like it would be really cool to have, especially because you guys kind of like tall, lanky, dark hair. <laughs> like if, it, if it's just seamlessly floating back and forth between you two, and the people are like, "Oh, who's who's yeah. doing that? Who's we'll wear the same that outfit?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys could both wear yeah. morph suits. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they would have to be black morph suits because all techno is black. True. True. <laughs> Black morph suits with black running shorts over it. <laughs> yeah, we don't even need that screen yeah, in front no. of us. Just put the projector right on yeah. us. <laughs> that screen was so funny. We won't be able to see anything again. Yeah. <laughs> what, How what, was I, that screen for you? For me, it was. I had a love hate relationship yeah. with it because it was like so did he. it was. Yeah, it was really cool being able to just get lost in your own world and like just jam out. But then it's also nice being able to like see reactions to stuff where it's like, so you could hear him yell and like hoot and holler and that was cool, but it's still, it's like, I want to look around. Well, even like, especially because you know people out there. Yeah. And there are certain people that are like trying to get your attention. And yeah. Like, I can't there was somebody you. yelling my name through the screen. And I was like, I don't know who. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like some people would like put their fist up underneath yeah. and like, give me a fist bump. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't Darius know who you popped are. his head up. I remember he just like <laughs> came through and just stuck his head up. And I was like, oh, hey. Oh, hello. But, yeah. I think I was actually fortunate because the screen did fall down in that yeah. during my set. And that was hilarious because I remember like looking around on the ground thinking I dropped something. And I looked up. And I was like, oh, my God, I could see everybody. <laughs> there was like one guy in the crowd was waving. And I was like, like, hey! <laughs> Everyone else is like, "What's happening?" Yeah, and then they kept asking me, "Like, what do you want me to do?" I'm like, "I don't know, man. I'm playing music right now. Yeah, like, I can't I'm not mess with the screen." It's <laughs> <laughs> your job. But so they fixed it pretty quick. Would yeah. you mind giving me a little rundown of what a forty-hour a week, like forty-hour like run through of prep for that? Like, so I that, can't even fathom what all you had to do that, that was week to a, make it happen. A lot, of, a lot of driving, so we were just moving things around. Mm. That probably took more time than anything else. So just like u-haul truck yeah u-haul yeah. truck our rental was way too much um but <laughs> that's how it goes but yeah it was essentially because that venue it wasn't like love city love where they've got bars built in and mm. everything else that venue was nothing bare there bones. was bare bones um and yeah basically the guy I, you guys know the story behind that warehouse kind of uh yeah you exactly. kind of told it to me yeah but go ahead and rehash um, it. so essentially it's it's a yeah, a, a place owned by a, a grow up um, and a stage two grow up or something. Yeah, they're they're a bigger one, but um, 
yeah, they're sky high gardens and I'm sky high events. So they reached out to me on Instagram and they're like, Hey, we might have a venue for you. I was like, huh, interesting. And then of course it was, this was like at the same time as the first no signal. Um, so I went and toured the warehouse with the guy who, who runs it. And I was like, well, I, this is not like a sky high event. It's definitely not like a skyscraper kind of classy party, but I happened to be working with the crew that does this awesome warehouse thing. And so we ended up moving it over there, but just for the prep that took forever like we had to lay down some cement like ramps because there was um like a really big like four inch gap in the middle of the dance floor so we had to kind of even that out oh what um knocked out some walls we there was <gasps> really? a, like yeah the whole upstairs area was like a, an office but they'd built the desks in so it wasn't like they could remove them so we had to cut out all the desks and remove that what um, so this isn't a one-time use space you guys are putting in some we're money hoping for we'll, we'll see yeah term. i mean it was kind of a uh, yeah putting in a little bit of money it was more just man hours or it was just dismantling things or we, we went and got a, a fridge for free on craigslist and delivered it to there so that we could use that for the bar and um well, marcus did some plumbing work too and just there's lots of random things to try and fix up the venue and get it ready for um for that event and then just like hanging the clouds that was a whole thing and uh, i don't know there's just lots of stuff and the setup for the bar um just because there is nothing there's no running water for like so we had to what we built some bars ice wells and things like that very janky ones for like ten dollars but they did the job and so yeah just a, a lot of prep work because it was i mean it was a warehouse with nothing at all and we wanted to at least make it somewhat comfortable for people and because i mean i think we've all when you've been in nightlife long enough you've been to those parties where it's like all right there's like not enough bathrooms or there's not so where did you get up. that trippy table that was upstairs because i need one in oh the, that was somebody i don't know that was Lindsay john's friends it's been at shambhala or something but yeah that thing was cool that i was like what i just saw it and i was like right, i need to see this turned on yeah. yeah yeah i had so much fun with that yeah i need one of those <laughs> i don't even know what to call it it's like a jiggly jiggly star. coffee it's like, <laughs> it's like those uh when you go to like disney world yeah, or whatever yeah. and the fiber like, optics yeah a bunch of little fiber optic strands with a little light at the end of them yep. and it was a bunch of them splayed out in a table and you could yeah, like it was shaped move like your a star. hand over it yeah it's, yeah it like yeah. felt like i was in a avatar yeah i just wish that area like the artist that painted upstairs crushed it his his piece was so cool but man the fumes from up there i the went up there i was so like crazy. and he even told us he's like i got the lowest fume like the most expensive spray paint for this so that it won't like smell that bad but it's, there's just no way you can. yeah people would like walk in and even downstairs to be like that Dude. almost needed to be at the entry like, yeah. right when you first come in in the main in the first room because then at least you have some airflow from yeah. the door but yeah having it up and back in the like yeah. one corner that has the least amount of airflow. Oh ventilation. yeah, we had a fan on it too, but it just still. Yeah. So I think it was a good idea. It was just we're we're gonna do a different type of art next time. That's okay. not spray paint. Uh, maybe just regular paint. <laughs> Winter can smell. be tough too when it's like pouring rain outside. Oh my god, we've gotten screwed with by the rain. The couple. I mean that the sky high too. That was still the the worst yeah yeah your sky high one where the cdjs and the djm mixer all gets fucked <sighs> and then the the halloween no signal was pouring yeah. down rain and then this last no signal was also rainy and yeah, super cold super cold Boring. Yeah. oh man you can't you can't fight the weather no but i think that's why a lot of people live in san diego and yep. they live in la oh yeah they're like we can just go out whenever and it's always beautiful it is nice i mean when i was in san diego i got really into rock climbing because it was like mm. you can go any day of the week it doesn't yeah. matter oh it's 72 and sunny 72 <laughs> and sunny still 72 and sunny oh it's 75 it's like, yeah that I mean, it's it's the same every day so it's awesome for that but yeah then i also kind of miss those rainy days where it's like 
can look outside and be like, yeah, I'm playing video games today. I don't have to go yeah. out. I was going <laughs> to well, ask you about video games. I, I would assume you're a gamer oh, or you I'm grew a, up I'm a gamer. I'm a big nerd. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Especially like when I was working at By the Pound and working 50 or 60 hours a week, I didn't. But these days I've had too much time on my hands. So I feel a little guilty recently. But uh, yeah, definitely growing up in the middle of nowhere it was like my closest friend was, he was like a mile, a little over a mile bike right away. And on a rainy day, it's like, it's not like you're going to do that. And my mom worked remotely for a company, or at least when I was growing up, she worked for a company in Southern California. It was a tech company, so we had a good internet connection and like nice. I had a nice computer because she got to hand me down one when she got like new work computers. So I started playing StarCraft when I was like eight and Warcraft and all that kind of stuff, and obviously Nintendo sixty four and whatever else. But yeah, PC gaming was PC Master Race and all that. That's so. exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. She's got a fifteen year old son who, oh, okay. yeah, he's almost uh, sixteen. He's... He likes to claim the PC Master Race, but yeah. he also plays all sorts of all consoles. Yeah, and, consoles yeah. are still fun, but I, I don't know. I'm definitely. I think it was probably because yeah, in high school, I played WoW, and that was probably like the most addicted to a video game I've ever been. But still, good times. It's just the most all immersive game. Yeah, well, I think and anyone has ever experienced. And the social part of it, because that's I think the thing that would usually made me feel the most guilty about playing video games was like oh, I'm not hanging out with anybody. I'm just sitting at home doing something. But like with that, I'm like, oh no, I have 25 people all that I'm chatting with for four hours a night, and like we're working to accomplish this goal or like competing with whatever else. And and that that was pretty fun doing. I don't know, racing like another guild to finish the last boss first on the Burning Crusade. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we got it first. So. No, big, no big deal. But yeah, that, I don't know. I just never had a video game like that where it was, uh, wow, is, I still think probably the perfect video game because you can just get hooked and just disappear into that. And I think there is something to be said for like the psychology of it where it's like the world is chaos out here, but then going into that world and it's like, you know exactly when you're gonna get rewarded for. You know like how to get. There's there's no like ambiguity or whatever. It's just like this leads to that essentially, and you can work towards a goal and like see your achievements and track it. And I think that's like half the addiction for it is like, oh, I can like tell what's going on, and nobody's gonna. There's not gonna be that random thing that just somebody breaks in your car and ruins your day or something like that in the real world, or you lose your job or just something like that. It's like it's all regimented. And I don't know. That's kind of a... There's a comfort in that, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Unless you're playing a PvP and someone just comes out of nowhere and just destroys <laughs> you. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. What do you play now? These days, uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, a little bit, PUBG. Um, so that's... Uh, have you guys heard of that one? I've definitely heard of it, heard but of I've never it? played yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's one of the like the Battle Royale ones where it's like 100 people all jump onto an island and then the last man standing wins or the last oh. team standing wins. Her kids both got kind of into Fortnite. Yeah, so it's essentially Fortnite copied PUBG. Yeah. Um, and sucks. Fortnite sucks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's it's just not a game for me. But um, what's the difference between the two? PUBG is like a hyper realistic shooter, so it's okay. It's not as cartoony. It's not Got as it. um, you don't have like dance, yeah, dances and, and things like that. And it's the community on PUBG is not all eight year olds that are really annoying and stuff like that. It reminds yeah, me of like it's, it's playing Halo like... Two on Xbox Live back in the day, where it's like I know I was yeah. that annoying kid, but me too, yeah. <laughs> But I was that annoying kid that also ran train on you. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, PUBG just feels like it's an older crowd, and it's just me and my roommate play it together. It's, it's, it's kind of a yeah. fun thing for being on. You can do two or three or four people. So when you get, I basically only play that when I'm playing with another friend. That's because it's so much more fun when you got two people, like, or four people all yeah, together. Yeah, that's how Halo is for me. Yeah. I, I played Halo way, 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 way too much. But yeah. it's like, I don't, I don't want to go play Halo solo. Yeah. I'm not gonna, just going to just it's like, not, it's, it's not the same. Yeah, you can do it for like thirty minutes or something, but like with a friend, you're like, all right, four hours later, how did that? How did, that, how did all the time disappear? Yeah, good times. Yeah, that 
<clears throat> excuse me, the night before our wedding, he mm-hmm. decided it was a good idea for him and all of his. Because well, uh, all my groomsmen, groomsmen were like the guys that I grew up playing yeah, Halo. Yeah. And I'm like literally having panic attacks because I'm so stressed out about all the last minute <laughs> things that need to be done. Yeah. And all these guys are like, well, we, we have to play Halo. We have to guys we land party set up. up. <laughs> like, when are we going to have us all so together? And I was my... like, oh my God. Could this not have happened three days ago or two days when ago? When I asked Why the night all before? of my uh, groomsmen to be my groomsmen, I sent them an old Xbox controller. Yeah. And then, like, on it, asked each of them to come to bring it to the night before so we could nice. play my final game as a single man. <laughs> so everyone had this plan, yeah. me as well. It's like, we're not going to be freaking out last minute putting shit together for the wedding. Yeah. But we were. <laughs> yeah, of course. But it was like, we got to play. Yeah. You got <laughs> to do it. You got yeah. the controllers for a reason. That's right. I survived the panic attack. So yeah. You, you guys got through it. You're fine. still here. You're yeah. Exactly. I'm still married. <laughs> exactly. It's been what, like four months now? I don't even know. Math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, t- didn't we get married on the 11th? August 11th? So yeah, four months. Oh, Happy four month anniversary. Oh yeah. <laughs> congrats, on the babe. <laughs> we made it. So are you the marrying type? Are you the habitual relationship or habitual monogamous? Uh, not exactly. I mean, between like my current relationship and the last one, there was like a year and a half where I was single. I think. Um, so I, would, I wouldn't say it, definitely not like serial monogamist or whatever. But the games take priority. <laughs> no. no i just needed to that that last breakup was rough so that, i just kind of had to f- figure out how Regroup. to be happy myself and, yeah and then go from there so i think it was nice having a, a year and a half off because i had yeah been in like a th- three-year relationship before that and then only had like six months in between and whatever else but I, I, I don't know marriage is an interesting thing i just don't like the religious side of it where it's like i think union between two people is good getting tax breaks is cool too but i don't know uh <laughs> tax break is pretty much the reason we got married yeah no that's that's <laughs> yeah honestly we did it for the legalities i yeah. had two kids and so you know to make sure that there's no issues with that and then also healthcare and yeah and tax breaks yeah there's a lot of there's a lot I think. and and other people's opinions like parents with old school values or relatives it's kind of yeah. like oh because we knew we wanted to have a baby mm-hmm. way before we knew we wanted to get married yeah. that was pretty much it for me i was like oh we're having a baby like i definitely want to have a kid and she's getting up to an age where she's like it would be a smart idea to have a kid much sooner than later um and so from that point we're like all right well enough people have their opinions on things and like i'd rather not i don't know deal with all that so i was like let's just get married yeah like we'll deal with it but we're very much on the similar end of the whole religious spectrum of things and like the tradition of it and i'm supposed to do this for this person and this is supposed to happen and it was just like fuck all that yeah no, but, I, exactly because i think we feel the same about it yeah i think we definitely feel like we wake up and make the daily choice we didn't make that choice on that day that's going to somehow withstand the with the withstand the tests of time we yeah. make a conscious decision every day and so yeah. i think that's the difference a lot of people like go oh well, we got married yeah. and we did our vows so now so now that's forever part, yeah. and it's like, no this is a daily <laughs> yeah. commitment at yeah. 27 I was not going to get married for quite a while. Yeah. And then at 28, I was like, all right, fuck it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you hit that age. I don't know. I mean, I love my girlfriend, but uh, I don't know. Marriage is definitely a little scary. Cause that is, it is. There's the until death do us part kind of thing where you're like, oh, but then what? It's like 
50, 60% of marriages <laughs> in America fail now. So it's, yeah. right. it's also kind of an interesting institution where it fails so frequently. But yeah. So we've seen her out and about with you. Yeah. You have one of those lucky ones where she likes <laughs> the stuff you like. In general. To go out she's not as big into music. techno as I oh, okay. am. No, she's, <laughs> what is she into? Down tempo. Like, she okay. loves down tempo. She's one of the most, well, she used to be more active on SoundCloud, but it's like she has like 750 followers because she used to just, be on there all the time commenting and sharing and doing whatever else yeah. and um but yeah she's super into it it was kind of funny when we first met like there was some artists that she knew really well and i had like one or two of their songs in my library <laughs> and then she would show me more of them i'm like oh my god this is good and then i just got way more into it and way more into it and now like i love it too i liked it a little bit but i only dabbled into stuff that was like maybe 110 beats per minute but now it's like stuff that's like what's your sound really yeah I need uh, to that. hers is it's nicole white it's like n-e i can't remember how many e's i think it's two <laughs> i think it's two e's e. uh, two or three e's and then uh white but all one word just got giant dimples and okay. the photo maybe. <laughs> it was kind of funny when her and i were in berlin this summer like there are people that she knew through soundcloud just through soundcloud but because wow. of her i mean they're pretty She's got those dimples that you recognize, yeah. but yeah. there's just random people like in the festival where they walked up and they're like, are you Nicole? And there was like, <laughs> it happened like four times during the trip. And we're like, this is, you're SoundCloud famous. Like how, <laughs> how did you manage this for not making any music or making That's any mixes really cool. or whatever? It's That's just because awesome. she reposts a lot of, a lot of good tunes. Um, yeah. It's interesting how the world is yeah. now with social media of oh, any yeah. sort that you can find notoriety in tons of different ways. Yeah. And I think being an attractive female helps too. But like, yeah. You know. um. <laughs> What's your SoundCloud? Uh, it's just Jameson slash just Jameson. It might be easier to find hers through yours. Possibly. I can definitely send a send it to you. Like, we'll post the link in the description yeah. to yeah. Jameson yeah. and Nicole's SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Nicole's yeah, she's so into down tempo. It's kind of funny like we went to a down tempo festival in germany this summer and that was that was really cool i mean there was definitely some house music um like vic and armin and cora played and that was cool seeing Cora. Nice. um because i was like two weeks before he came to seattle and i booked him here so i walked him and i was like hey dude i booked you he's like what <laughs> nice. are you doing here in germany and I'm like yeah. but that was a fun thing so it, it was it's an interesting like I don't know. That festival was odd compared to ones that I've been to here. The music was definitely different. Like they had one stage, which I loved the stage. I want to do it at, at one of the no signals and have a down tempo room. But like the DJ was sitting on a couch. So that just sets the tone. Right? Oh, like This dude. is the chilling music. And like people were dancing, but it was all really kind of, oh, I don't know if you want to call it like ethnic down tempo kind of mediterranean so a lot exactly of eastern influence yeah. Yeah. yeah and so it was just like very spacey people were like burning sage and the tent and it was like they called the odd ones out stage and nice was, i don't know tons of fun there. i had some friends who went to strawberry fields yeah um in australia and they said it was just like this crazy like similar thing like you said where there's like house music and there's tons of different stuff but there was like a down tempo stage yeah. and they fell in love with it there oh yeah and then they flew to paris this last summer and went and saw like a bunch of people that are just like super all the descriptors you just described yeah. like mediterranean chill <laughs> weird ethnic but i think one um, one guy we were there with said called it camel house I was like, camel yeah, house sure i guess <laughs> i don't know why 
Uh, but yeah, so he's super into that kind of stuff. And yeah. so I've started playing a lot of that, like in my yoga set. Yeah. So that's what I'm that's... picturing is like at a no signal or something, have like the DJ on a couch or whatever. And then maybe back in the corner, there's just somebody take, not like teaching a yoga class, but like doing stretchiness. And then other people are like joining in. Yeah. There's like a little stretchy area with Form like big fringy rung yep. drugs and stuff. That'd be cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's like, totally. I mean, and you know, she does yoga too. So I think yeah. maybe that's part of her influence in the music or her music music influenced the yoga I, nice yeah I don't know. they you do know, seem to go hand in hand you know anthony sure. samaha yeah yeah so he's super into oh, yeah. all that stuff and he's he's always introducing me to new and weird stuff where i'll find this like super weird track and i'll send it to him and be like dude have you heard of this he's like oh yeah i have their whole album I'm yeah like, oh, all right cool <laughs> you already know <laughs> yeah yeah it was actually she she introduced him to a lot of down tempo really uh, yeah he introduced us to each other. That's an awkward story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that, to take it down a, that route. Oh, no, I don't care at all. I mean, it's, is it's that a pineapple? Wild. Probably. <laughs> uh, I like awkward stories, but it's okay. Not uh, whatever. I mean, so it was, uh, yeah. Um, essentially, yeah. I threw one sky high, and it was one of the ones upstairs on the 35th floor of the Smith Tower, and he came to it and brought her, um, but they'd kind of been seeing each other for a few weeks um this is all what i've heard so um but that was like she said she only wanted to be friends and then he um was thinking about canceling the date and decided to go and so that was like their last friend date or whatever um but yeah i met her there and there was definitely like i remember him introducing us i was like wow that's like definitely some sparks kind of things here i was like i gotta go away because this is my buddy i don't want to like head on his girl or anything like that and so just that was kind of when i met her but then it was like three months later we started talking about some music, I don't remember what it was on Facebook, and then ended up ended up asking her out on a date finally, and then I went from there. But it was, yeah, I asked, "How did you meet?" I'm like, well, it was kind of like she was on a date when I first met her. But. <laughs> so I think I kind of knew that because yeah. I do remember the first time I met her was with him, and then like later I saw you with her, and I was like, oh, I thought that was never mind, and then I just kind of assumed it was a different person. But yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't. I hope there's no hard feelings there. Oh no! no. I, mean, I, I met Anthony through Darius back in the day, and I was like, he's still on my phone. I was like Anthony Jewish brother because <laughs> everybody, everybody thought we were brothers the whole night, and we're both part Jewish. He's so. so sweet. We actually did a podcast with him. It was one oh, really? of our yeah. longest ones to date yeah. because he's a sweetheart. He's a lover. He loves hard. He falls hard. Yeah, and, he loves but hard. He picks himself back up, and I think it helps inspire his music binges of producing and yeah i he's yeah, he's I, on a roll right now yeah definitely he's, he's got a like track coming out on place. under your skin records which is just emma's label which is yeah because two hours i mean sorry, two hours and two years ago he was a trans lord oh i know <laughs> that was when i met him uh so it's kind of funny to see how he's gone down the the down tempo route yeah i've known him for quite a while and he's always been a trance guy but i mean shit i was pigeonholed as trance yeah i mean sean and fuad haven't booked like i've known both of them for years and years and they've never booked me for a show because they're yeah. like oh you're trans yeah like, dude i haven't played trance music in like three years yeah <laughs> but that's, that's that's what happens people just get kind of pigeonholed into a style yeah, that they're like, like cast for yeah. for djs i guess or whatever yeah no you, ever you, get, you, you don't ever, play a trance, that's for sure. No. Yeah, no, no. I mean, there's definitely some trancey elements <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, of course, the, the progressive like kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, to go into music for a sec. Like one of my very first shows ever uh, that you played. Or, yeah, okay. Ben Garrison booked me. Yeah, uh, at this tiny little place called like Lime Bar or something in um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, right over by UW, and 
it was like this weird crowd, small venue, whatever. But he was like, he had seen me play before at a couple other things. And he was like, you just play progressive. Yeah. He's, he's like, everything you have just has an element of progressive to it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, even when I was really into electro or yeah. trance or house, like, it just always has like the progressive elements to it. For yeah. Me. yeah. I'm not into just super fast, quick drops, craziness. Like, I mean, I've, there's no, not really such a thing as like prog tech house, but like a lot of like the tech house Can I like I? to play. Yeah. Like, I like to. I don't know, have more melodic elements to it. Yeah. I can't just have snares and kicks. Yeah, like you're talking about like, like Corey Simpson style of like techno. Like that, that's just not my personal style of techno. No. I, I like, I mean, dancing to that, it, it can get pretty fun to get lost to it. But yeah, for playing it, it's just not quite the same thing that I'd want to yeah. play necessarily. Well, it's like you were saying when we were up there on the no signal stage and you can't see the crowd. Yeah. And you're, you have to be in your own bubble. Oh, yeah. All right, well, if I'm in my own bubble, then I'm going to get lost in this music and yeah. I want to be able to love exactly what I'm playing and like go on a journey myself. Yeah. Well, for, for the listeners, did we say that about what the screen was for like in that? I don't, I don't really they, think so. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that probably yeah. is a little confusing if you don't, weren't there, which, and there's clearly no photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like disappointed there were no photos. Like, damn, that was sick. Oh, I mean, that's part of the magic. I but. almost took a photo of you from behind <laughs> you and I'm really wishing I had because like the, so basically the screen yeah. was like a black, mesh yeah kind of. essentially it's called a scrim like uh it's just a yeah almost see-through black mesh and so if 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 this just black mesh was up you could probably see through it yeah and then but they had a projector that was projecting onto the black screen yeah which, from behind the dj it was from behind the dj yeah oh i thought it was from in front so of the dj no so that that's, was a different light even, even when you look uh, out to the right that was just yeah. a light coming yeah so it was yeah. different one so that's why they could see you because you were leaving a silhouette on the screen but yeah um but we couldn't see them at all. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was definitely a cool one. And I being from behind you, like all the CDJs were lit up and all the lights were up on you and you were like fully silhouetted. Yeah. And I was like down low because the stage was elevated. I was like, this would be such a sick picture right now. <laughs> but I was like, I'm not going to desecrate the idea of yeah. no pictures. No. Because like we had, uh, we've talked to Wu quite a bit about it. We had uh, Wu in Virginia. We haven't posted the episode yet. But yeah. Oh, yeah, both of them come in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we talked to Wu a lot about, you know, that stuff and different ideas. And yeah. He was like, yeah, I was doing photography for the No Signal shows. Yeah, he and did then, the first one. And then he was like, wait, the fuck am I doing? Yeah. He's like, that just doesn't go along with the ethos of what this whole idea is. No signal, no photography, just, just, just come there. in and have a good time. Just and Yeah. There. I mean, that, yeah, that whole, I'm still so in love with that concept. That was like, I was, yeah. I got on the phone with uh, Sean when I was in Berlin and we were talking about things and like, we need to do a no cell phone thing. Like, can we tape over people's cell phones? And then it kind of turned into this because we didn't want to deal with trying to put stickers on the everybody's logistics. phones and, and everything like that where it's, I still want to, that's still my dream, but. Yeah, we went to the Lane 8 show at yeah. Numo's, This Never yeah, Happened this never Tour. Happened to her. That has so affected good. the way I attend shows. Yeah. Like, two years later, like I still, if I bring my phone in, I rarely take it yeah. out. And a lot of times I will just leave it in the car because I don't even want it on me. Yeah. And then later I'll be like, oh, there's a bunch of people who were trying to find me in there. Yeah. But whatever. If they find me, great. If they don't, that's okay too. It's, yeah, I'm just going back to that yeah. ice ages where you can't find each other at concerts. <laughs> yeah. I just, I we have some friends that 
that um, record everything. Yeah. And it's challenging for me. And and sometimes he doesn't really record everything, but he has a, a bestie that he used to make music with yeah. and that he has a lot of musical memories tied to. So he'll kind of get sucked into like texting him about what's happening or yeah. like, oh, reminiscing. And, and I, I get that and I appreciate that social and that, um, I don't know, that connection. But at the same time, I'm like, be here. Yeah. Be here. Yeah. Put that away. Like, send him the messages. Maybe send him a quickie snap so he can experience it with you. And then put it away yep. and close your eyes and feel the music and just be here. Because I think it's really easy to get lost in technology. Of, oh, totally. You know, either people who can't be there with you or wanting to save it so you can look at it later, especially if you're on drugs and you're not going to be going to remember it completely. <laughs> or trying to connect with people like that you're supposed to meet up with that night. And I yeah. think all of that can be so distracting and and anxiety filling oh it's definitely in a a space that's supposed to be not anxiety i think that the anxiety that i always felt especially like usc masses and stuff where your friends are texting you and trying to find you and then you Mm -hmm. spend 30 minutes running around trying to find them (laughs) and then you don't ever end up finding them and you're like i just spent 30 minutes so stressed and like feeling (laughs) like i'm letting people down here well yeah but now we're over here yeah like don't move no i just don't we're (laughs) under the giant star on the ceiling yeah there are 38 (laughs) stars in the ceiling which one the silver one oh that's not helpful i like it when our friends are like oh we're front right or oh we're front left i'm like what that's a huge Yeah. area yeah, to it's like cover. if we were in like a club sure but not like <laughs> not a, a dance floor with thousands of people i, I wonder yeah. if that's part of it too because i have gone through that so much yeah. with all different festivals that like none of my og friends really come out anymore yeah like they've all moved on and so like i have i mean well that's pretty much the reason why this podcast exists is because i have so many new friends in the scene yeah that I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I see you them regularly. Them, yeah. yeah. I don't have previous experiences. I haven't gone to festivals with them and spent no, hours no. together, like experiencing music together. It's just like random conversations in the yeah. club with people I recognize and we talk on Facebook sometimes. Well, I think I met you like four or five years ago and we probably hung out like, I don't know, 15 times at the most since then. <laughs> and even those times are just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Just Quick hug. Yeah, like, good to hey, see you. Yeah. <laughs> what's up and so that's kind of the basis of it and so i think there's part of that that i feel like is lacking in some ways at least for me personally since those friends don't come out that it's like if i'm front row at an artist that i know we've all seen together that we all loved and then no one else is there but me and i don't have that connection with other people i'm like i want to text someone who like understands what i'm feeling right now um but my hope is that through this podcast, you know, you can create those lasting relationships where you talk to someone. It's like, oh, I know you. Yeah. Like, I know your story. Like, I know where you came from. I know that you moved seven times <laughs> between high school and the end of college. Oh, yeah. like, oh I lived in Texas, too. I didn't talk about that. <laughs> Shit. Eight. No, yeah. No. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we know where you came from. Where do you want to go? What are your uh, what do I want to do when I grow up? That's the, the question <laughs> that I constantly ask myself. Well, and that can evolve and change, but like maybe what what are you trying to make happen on a big level, and then maybe the little thought bubbles that might get you there, but you're open to the way that might evolve. I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, my dream, like since getting my degree in hospitality and all that, was to own my own bar. Um, so I was kind of the goal, but like the longer I've worked in the service industry and stuff, I'm like, I don't know if this is good and you're never going to make enough money in Seattle to like mm-hmm. save up to own your own bar. If you're living in Seattle and making what a bartender makes, it's not like we're getting paid Amazon money or anything. Um, 
but yeah, it's, I don't know, just after managing like by the pound for a bit, it's like you're up late all the time, working all the time and like constantly around alcohol and everything else. It's like, ah, this is kind of weird, but I still want to do it. I, I think it's, I just think by the pound was an interesting uh, experience working there. But um, is that opening back up? Maybe. Pineapple? Pineapple. <laughs> okay, that's cool. a pineapple one. Um, yeah, well, we can talk about that some other okay. time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely being in the hospitality industry would be the goal. I'd love to own my own bar and then not have to manage it completely and like still be able to come in and like bartend one or two days a week and have somebody else manage and deal with all the paperwork. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Cause I just love making like nice drinks and chilling and talking to people. It's, I love doing that. Um, musically goal wise, it's, it'd be awesome to be able to get paid like a living wage. Um, from doing music I and mean, we're all broke artists it's not <laughs> mm-hmm. wedding DJs make more money than we do um, <laughs> a, a lot, lot more, more a lot more money um, the amount of times I've said no to weddings because yeah. like I want to because I want the money but no, no. I won't do it yeah so it'd be I, I don't know events have always been the thing that I think I'm good at producing like compared to music where I get frustrated and felt like I was smacking my face into a brick wall trying to make make tracks and just not having the musical it's not for everybody it well, shouldn't just, be for everybody yeah I mean it shouldn't be but I think it also requires like that a musical training like Anderson when I produced with him he that dude is very musically talented like he did piano for his church for like 10 years growing up and did drum line and all that so he'll just hear a song and then like start harmony it's like oh yeah this is b minor okay let's and then then he'll just write a drum line i'm like i could hear that in my head but i have no idea how you got that down there and no idea but like with events it's always been that's where i think i've i've kind of found my groove or whatever it's like i really like doing that so I don't know who we were talking about this with recently. It was some, somebody we had the podcast with. But what we came to the conclusion of is that we need both. Yeah. We can't have everybody be obsessed with making their own tracks and becoming producers. We need people who are the more social, like out doing the entertaining part yeah. of it. Yeah, well, you got to have somewhere for those artists to play. Because it's usually not the same people. It's a definitely a different personality yeah. type. and in a drive because if you're in the studio you got to be in the studio all the time mm-hmm. 24/7 like living and breathing producing and then if you want to ever get gigs and have some cool events and maybe get past the monthly or weekly DJing and get to more where you're creating and curating an experience for somebody mm-hmm. that's a totally different type of social personality and and I don't know just thought process even yeah and and both of them take a lot of commitment. I don't I don't really think anybody can do both well. Like it's pretty unless you're like higher up and you've got a whole team that kind yeah. of helps in that. But if if you're one of these guys, because he's put pressure on himself, like oh I have this setup, why am I not producing? But then he's out hustling and doing events. Yeah, and, and you're doing your yoga thing. Yeah, it has a lot of really cool things that he is doing, and yeah. that ten- seems to be more natural for him and being in the studio just working on a loop or a beat over and over for hours on end on Adderall is not really where his <laughs> instincts are going. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really your. Yeah, it is nice when you get into that groove of whatever you're doing. I mean, Mm -hmm. just it's like, yeah, you're spending two hours working on a bass patch or something. But like, I don't know, when you get into that groove, it's yoga or making a drink or doing whatever. There there is something lovely feeling. Yeah, Yeah, and it's figuring out what that flow state is for you and not deciding that it has to be a certain way or or that person's doing it this way or 
this is how I'm going to be successful as an artist. Like mm. I think we can path, create a path of success in whatever way you want. I mean, just when you were describing yourself making really cool cocktails and chatting with people at a bar, like I can see that totally. Yeah. But what <laughs> that look like, what that will actually look like, can evolve a lot from the Cheers days or the CD bar. Yeah, and maybe maybe where you go with it is going to be something that we haven't even experienced yet. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's fun right now being able to run bars at events because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a fusion of the two. I mean, I've done, it was like at Stubblefields Bar in Wazoo. I got to DJ and, and bartend. and uh, I mean, At it, the it, same time. No. <laughs> I only had that happen one time because there was a, oh man, there was a fight near the DJ booth. And so the DJ got out of the booth to break up the fight. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to slide in over here and play a track. And, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> running these events, it's nice having the fusion of the two because I am definitely passionate about uh, bartending and whatever else, but it's not... It's not like we're making craft cocktails at those parties at all. I mean, I, yeah. I make the boozy punch and yeah. That's, Can that's, you do like wedding stuff? Because it sounds like you're working with a company that you do some sort of event stuff. Um, yeah. So the oh. bell, I've actually worked a <laughs> blue Doggo. the dog. We just um, need to get on the private party circuit around here. There's so many fancy ass rich people who yep. would love to have a craft cocktail bartender at their, you know, holiday party, whether yeah. it's for their business or just for their bougie friends. No, yeah. oh, I got to find those people definitely. But yeah. Now with the, with the Bell Harbor Convention Center, where I work, it's uh, there's been weddings and things like that, but it's it's all over the place. We had Zillow's. Um, their holiday party for it was supposed to be 3,800 people I think only like 3,000 showed up Jesus, um, oh my god that was <laughs> it was a shit show I, I was just amazed at how these adults could not handle themselves I, <laughs> it was weird I mean just all these people like the youngest was maybe 25 but I'd say the average age was about 30 and I'm like you guys have been doing this for a bit you should know how to drink but it was like being with like college students or something where it was like people Jeez. throwing up inside falling over through some pipe and drape and like just yeah, just i don't think drunk. they do it a lot i think that's the difference <laughs> yeah maybe that's most it most people who aren't in the world that we're in they don't go out that often yeah. they they're really driven in their nine to five or their family life or whatever and so when they go out or they have a let's just you know party mode, they, yeah. they don't know how to manage it no yeah not at all well, it was funny. And we, it was beer and wine too. It was like oh, they, no they didn't way. have shots. I'm like, how did you guys get this? Fuck up? <laughs> how is this even yeah, no. I think they all pre-gamed or something. But it, it, yeah, it's an interesting. I've never worked at a convention center or events like that, and it's really interesting seeing the things that happen at those. Those yeah, kind of, you got to almost get into like the private sector where yeah. you like find you know certain people that just want because it's tough too. Like you don't want a place where it's the bars packed the whole time. Because no. that because that means you're busy. Yeah. That means you're running around pouring drinks. You're not talking at all. So like yeah. you want a spot where you're working, but it's like people that know what they want and they want interesting, fun drinks. We went to we were in Tulum. God, mm-hmm. I knew, I was, it was like if he doesn't say it now, I'm going to. Thank you. I you have to tell him the whole experience, and I think he should go there. And it's uh, been like Playa del Carmen, but yeah, I was actually looking at. Uh, Tulum, but I just so there's a specific place we okay. want you to go. Yeah, right. I'm I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that Tulum was the greatest place on earth, and I think anyone and everyone should go there. Like, no, that's not my that's not my two cents. But when we went down there, we um we're staying right next to this bar, and uh the whole area you walk down on the left side is the beach and like nicer hotels. On the right side is like some hotels, but mostly just restaurants. Yeah, and it's like the jungle side that's like brand new, and so we go to right next to our place and we're walking in and it's this like 
kind of like you're walking into a nightclub where they just have like you know a little chain before you can go in but then it's just like this little restaurant narrow restaurant and then you kind of walk through the restaurant and then you're back and it's kind of this like open area with Mm -hmm. no ceiling and like a bunch of chairs and whatnot you go back a little further and there's like a really expensive gift shop like really high-end coffee and like Mm. this kind of whole like all this other stuff you keep going through all of that and suddenly it opens up to this open air night like dance floor and then there's like a nice jbl setup system there's this really cool it's not like a it's a dj booth but it's not like elevated or anything but they had like um like almost like a teepee set up with like, like cool pieces of wood. It, like, yeah. sure, it felt like I walked into a festival stage. Yeah. I wonder if they use the that as a, a, a venue for like Day Zero or any of those festivals in Tulum. I don't know. They probably do. Yeah. Um, it definitely had that vibe. Um, but um, The bar. Yeah. Well, so you're there and like you walk in and then there's this house. And you, I, I don't know whose it is or what the situation is. Like it might be the owner or something that doesn't live there. But like you walk up a staircase and it's like just this giant room on a second floor that mm-hmm. like you don't have access to. But right underneath that is just this bar that's set up. And this beautiful bar with tons of people. Like there's a fireplace close by. Like it was, one of, the, it was one of the like biggest venues I've ever been to. like backyard slash like hmm. bar. Like, oh, you're a baller area. and you yeah. have a mansion and you just like decided to like it's weird yeah but so we go it's long story long story not as long uh we basically (laughs) walk up and you order a drink and i like ask them for a drink and they're like oh we don't have that i'm like okay well just make me something delicious like whatever pick it and so he like starts concocting this drink and like super tall skinny glass 12 minutes later we're like watching we're like what is he doing taking forever to make it he ends up like putting what was it that he put in like rose like a rosemary like burnt some rosemary and lights it on fire and like hands it to us and i don't know it was other shit and it was delicious (laughs) it was very expensive it was very fancy and i was like quite impressed as he was making it i was like he obviously has a, a plan here um <laughs> it really could have been him literally just grabbing a bunch of random shit and be like fucking tourists yeah. just like throwing some stuff in a glass <laughs> and lighting some things on fire and being like here 15 dollars." Wow. but it was really was delicious i'm but sure you like this craft i mean if yeah you, yeah yeah you're but, gonna put in that much effort and you should know it was beautiful doing. yeah we were like i don't know if i can drink this i'm just gonna look at it and that's where like it. I, I don't think flair is cool but to like watch a bartender make a drink and like them just do it really sexy it's yeah. like there's something about that and, like they're not, they're not doing Did anything you grow fancy up watching cocktail or something no or the, oh. no okay. i don't know yeah, you I just gotta. I I still think it was like going to France when I was seventeen. Mm. It goes back to that, like being able to go to bars when you're in high school is like that's weird. Um, but I think that just kind of made me really like bar culture because and just the, yeah. Was Smith Tower one of those that you like went there and you're like, oh, I want to work here because it has a cool bar, or did you end up working there and just things worked out? So I when I applied for it, I was working in another spot, um, new. It's like an international street food spot up on Capitol Hill, um, and I loved that job, but it, it just didn't pay well. It was a tiny place, and it, like was no fault of the owners or whatever. So I'd been looking for other jobs, but I saw that they were opening a bar in Smith Tower. I was like, this is weird. And I mean, I didn't know. I knew a little bit about the history of the building, but I didn't. I just thought there was like a Chinese room up at the top, like yeah. Um, but I applied for it and I, we, because they were doing renovations, I didn't even get to see the bar until I went up there for like my, Oh wow! it was like the day before I, we started working. Um, so it wasn't like I'd seen it and, and thought something was cool. I just kind of saw the job posting online and I was like, Oh, that sounds cool. And 
working on 35th floor and whatever else yeah. sounds really awesome. And then at that time they told me it was gonna be day shifts too. I was like, wait, what? I get to be a bar bartender and work days. And of course it turned into me closing five <laughs> nights a week, but um, yeah. yeah. The I, reason I ask is just cause, uh, is there a bar that you are a huge fan of that you think fits the culture, the idea that you're like, I would be able to make some cool drinks here yeah, and I mean, enjoy it. I like Tavern Law a lot. Um, Urban Bitters is great as well. I mean, they're just super We've crafty spots. we Tavern Law, right? With Brett and them? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, and then they're great. Good. Yeah, they're good. And then there's the speakeasy inside of it, uh, Needle and Thread. Um, so yeah, there's another thing. But, I don't yeah. think we knew. So I knew about it. Oh. Yeah, you, you pick up a phone and then it yeah. calls up and they'll tell you if there's room and then you like go through a safe, go. safe fake safe door. It's funny. We'll I'm, yeah, I've never actually been into the speakeasy because <laughs> it's been full every time that I've been there, but yeah. I've heard about it. I should try and get in there. But yeah, those ones are, are fun. Smith Tower, if I could go back there. I mean, I'm still like I competed as Smith Tower in the Fernet Bronco like bar bar games that they had a couple months ago. So I'm still super tight with those guys. I worked with them at uh, the convention. Wait, what's a bar game? What is, so this was, <laughs> I didn't know there was a competitive side to all this. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, yeah, so I mean, this one, was that was a weird competition. So Fernet, usually they did um, the barback games. That was their thing for a while, but I think people got too injured doing them. They would, <laughs> the barback games were like, it was like obstacle courses for barback. So they like had you pick up an empty keg and run through like tires on the ground and oh, like geez. all sorts of random weird things. But like people were eating shit because it's, it's like they had, this one was in a Queen Anne beer hall. So it's like cement floor. And I, last year, I didn't make it to the barback games last year, but they were telling me that like a girl slipped and fell because the floor was wet and she smacked her head on the ground really oh, hard. Wow. And so like they made a sign a waiver for like at the beginning Wear of a it. Helmet. Yeah. So they changed it. <laughs> up this year and they made it the bar back expo or no bar expo games it was kind of weird so I, I didn't know what i was getting into at all they're like it's a really nonchalant competition but you have to submit a cocktail that has fernet in it um so me and mark sassy the lead bartender at smith tower came up with a drink it's called the smooth operator mm-hmm. um and made that and so it was like it was a little silly the first round was a competition for the cocktail and we made the drink and you have to it's timed you have to do it as quickly as possible and then obviously presentation and style they kind of judged you on that and then taste obviously um and we had the the best cocktail in that round apparently according to one judge uh, but then after that it got a little silly and they made us do like weird games like uh it was basically supposed to be mentor and mentee and mark's like the most knowledgeable bartender I've worked with. He's he's awesome. And so he was the mentor and uh, I was kind of functioning as the bar back. So I had to go through and like, they gave me a bowl of olives, lemons and limes that were all mixed up and I had to sort them out into cups. Um, <laughs> and then there was one where I was like, who could unload a case of beer the fastest and stack all the cans? And and uh, I didn't do that fast enough apparently, but the other guys cheated. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to do it all organized because they had like mixed PBR and Rainier and you had to like, so I tried to do it nice, but they didn't, they were judging more on time. And there was one guy who just like took the case and flipped it over and then just pulled it up and that ah, was it and efficient yeah i know like oh, i should have done that but yeah it's <laughs> it was like if you won the competition there the last round which was hilarious they had like a 9xl hawaiian shirt and then you had to bartend together so it was like you both put the shirt on oh, have one fun. arm through it I like that. and then you had to button it up together and then make like four classic cocktails together which was it was hilarious <laughs> to watch too because especially at that point like every round ended with you taking a f- shot of fernet and they were just walking mm. around with bottles of fernet and just pouring it into people's mouths. i don't even know what that is fernet is it's like an italian liqueur oh. um it's basically bartender's toothpaste. It's minty, very herbal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like an Amaro, um, but yeah, uh, more of a digestive aperitif. Like it's, gotcha. it's really good after a meal because it makes your stomach kind of digest well and, and yeah. it cleanses your palate and everything. But there's also Fernet, um, or sorry, there's Branca Menta, which is a, a more sugary and minty version. It's like, that's what my girlfriend likes drinking. She just loves limoncello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My family uh, how all very makes, Italian of they you. all make their own limoncello, yeah. their own lemons. And there's always some conveyor belt of 
of a process on the kitchen counter. Yeah. So I just grew up with that. I've never made it from scratch. I mean, I've done like lemon shandies or uh, kind of it's like an oleosaccharum, but yeah, not quite the full lemon. Yeah, when we go see family, there's usually a, a homemade bottle coming to yeah. you for the holidays and it's so strong. I don't really drink much ever. And yeah. so when I do, you don't need very much. But I went to, I don't know if you know of these parties that girls used to have. I don't think they're as popular anymore, but it was like 10 years ago where um, you would have someone come to your home and you'd invite all your girlfriends over and the person would bring a bunch of sex toys and like things oh, for yeah. erotic nights with your loved one. And it's this, you know, giggly whatever girl party well the hostess was like bring a bottle of liquor because everyone's going to be getting drunk and i don't really drink and yeah. i was like oh well i have this bottle of limoncello that you know my grandma or somebody gave me so i brought it and i just stuck it on the table with all the other stuff and so they're using it like they would any other type of alcohol not realizing how strong this homemade yeah. shit was and oh no it was a shit show these girls got so like blacked out drunk and the next day they're like what did you what was that lemony thing and i was like oops Guess you're Homemade. not supposed to drink yeah. it like that. <laughs> it's more of a little sipper type thing. Yeah. yeah. Throw it in some soda water. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite go-to drink? What do you like to make? Uh, Whiskey-based things, definitely. Um, kind of depends on my mood. I don't know. Like Basil Hayden's probably my favorite whiskey. I mean, I drink a lot of Jameson too, but... Because you have to. I have to, yeah. <laughs> I always feel kind of funny when I'm like, if I'm going to get a shot in a beer or something, it's like, it's going to probably be Jameson. Yeah. So I like go and I open a tab and they look at my card and I don't like, I always see they look like, give me this look and they're like, you just ordered Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> Amateur. <Yeah. laughs> so is that just because like Jameson is just it's the standard? The, the standard? It's, I mean, it's the Seattle like standard. Everybody yeah. drinks Jameson here. Yeah. I think it's the most sold whiskey in the world too. I wow. mean, it's okay. it's globally a really big. That was uh, what I drank back in my whiskey. Yeah, days. yeah, for sure. So I, I like it. I mean, it's smooth. It's easy. It's not the best whiskey. There's obviously better stuff, but just for the price and I've drank so much of it at this point. I think I received a bottle of Jameson or multiple bottles of Jameson for my birthday for like five years straight from like 20 to 25 now if yeah. the people have stopped doing it i'm like thank you i don't need that anymore um but yeah i don't know whiskey whiskey based cocktails is definitely my favorite sazerac's manhattan's old fashions vocaries are really good um yeah those are tasty so that's like kind of new orleans cocktail um what else i don't know for that drink that we made for the competition, it was like a really, it was like Carpano Antica based, so it's sweet vermouth based, um, which usually that's kind of a smaller element of the drink where it's like, for Manhattan, it's got sweet vermouth in it, but it's half the amount of um, whiskey that's in there. But this one we did like half the drink was um, sweet vermouth and then added like cinnamon, uh, simple syrup and fernet and some rye and, and that was tasty. So I'd never, like that was the first drink I'd ever done that was based on mainly sweet vermouth and that was kind of an interesting flavor profile so it's, i feel like when you're doing craft cocktails and like when i was working at by the pound where there's lots of like uh, bartenders whimsy where they're like just make me something that tastes a little bit floral or whatever else you get kind of set in certain ways that you make drinks where you're like okay she wanted it lemony i'm gonna do this and whatever else and so you kind of find your ways and then another bartender will make a drink in a different way that you've never thought of and i'm like oh mm. I'm totally i've never thought about switching the ratios on that or doing whatever else so mm. I don't know. I don't think I have a favorite right now, especially I don't have a full bar that I have access to. Now, at does all this time. translate to food? Are you a foodie as well? Do you like to cook and like create different recipes? I like recipes? cooking, but it's not quite quite the same obsession. Interesting, because it I, sounds so similar to when we're cooking and yeah. exploring with different 
tastes and It's definitely very spices similar. I think I'm just a little bit lazier when it comes to cooking, so mm-hmm. I don't want to put in quite as much effort. And you're like, you gotta chew this, where I can well, just sip it. It doesn't a get straw. you drunk. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think it's more just the social atmosphere that mm-hmm. that bars provide. That's like, yeah, the extra thing on it, and that, that makes it more fun for me. And uh, I don't know. Cooking does take forever, but I've also just never been paid to cook. Really, it's like I've always been on the the front of house bar mm-hmm. or server side. So I mean, like working at, at, at the Carlisle Room, which I, I do right now, one day a week. They, their food, it's Tom Douglas. Like, nice. Their food's incredible. Um, and so it's it's interesting working there compared to places where you're just mainly selling drinks and then have food as kind of a side. It's like, no, the food's good, and then the drinks are kind of second. Which, you know, I like drinks being first. You're but like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, baking was actually probably the closest that I got to doing it. I. I in college and um during the summers i fished up in alaska on a boat and oh yeah that's right yeah so that was i had a lot of downtime on some seasons where they did uh had lots of closures and things like that where we were just stuck on a boat for like four days straight with nothing to do and baking was like awesome because you had to take the time to let the dough rise and do whatever else or like making croissants where it's like folding butter into it and i really like doing that but granted i, I hardly ever bake now because i yeah it takes so much time and so when you do that would you just be like at a dock not even a dock, nowhere. or just anchored, just anchored in a river. Yeah, so okay. I, I did sockeye um, salmon, which is it's all kind of in the mouths of rivers. Ah, oh, um, interesting. Because yeah, it's basically, essentially enough fish have to escape up upstream to go spawn, and then once enough fish have escaped, they pay some guy to sit in a tower and count fish. I still don't know how that happens, Uh-oh. but um, then once enough fish go up there, then the fishermen catch it. But I I, I worked on a, a tender, which is basically the boat that takes fish from the fishermen and then runs it to like the canneries or processors. Um, so it was a bigger boat. It was like 105 feet versus the little fishing boats were like 32 feet. So I had a full kitchen and everything. And so that was nice for cooking. How many crew is on a 105 foot fishing uh, boat? Four on ours. Oh, so you only have four people. Yeah. Nice. And then the tender is just like a one man job that you just like pop it down and hop off. Or is no, that the tender? So that's the tender is the boat. Yeah. So the boat is a tender. You're tending to the needs of the other fishermen and, and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. So they basically would come up and then we would have cranes and we'd pull out like a thousand pound uh, bags of fish um, and drop them into our holds. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's a totally, about. yeah. It's, it's yeah, a different. Because I grew up boating and the tender was the the little 15 foot boat on the top that you pop down with a oh. 50 horsepower motor. Yeah. Your no. dinghy is like yeah. also known as your tender. Yeah. Like, no. uh, like on our side, like you'd, you'd have the name of your boat and then yeah. on the side of the tender, it would say tender too. Yeah. To that other boat. Okay. No, a little different than that. Okay. So each regular boat is a 32 foot ish. Yeah. They're called gill, gill netters. Um, so they catch fish by the gills. Uh, gotcha. With nets, gill netter. Yeah. And so are you, you're just kind of sitting at the mouth of the river and then other boats are yeah, going so they, around Yeah, so they the fish mouth. around there and then we'd be at the mouth. Oh, hi, Blue. Um, <laughs> and we'd be parked up there because it was usually close to a cannery. Uh, and then the fishermen would come to us and, and bring the fish. They'd go out and do whatever they needed to do. But in general, nice. the, the sockeye all get funneled into the river since they're all going to spawn. So that's where it's easy. So you're not actually doing any fishing? No. Okay. Yeah, I was just uh, running a crane all day, selling groceries, selling fuel to fishermen, and interesting and whatever else. But the, it was—I loved running the crane. It was great. I was yeah, playing the crane game all day with like thousand-pound things, and especially when you're on a boat that's rocking, and that makes another whole element where it's yeah, our tender, yeah, <laughs> our dinghy uh, was like a seventeen foot, and it was a fiberglass hole. Yeah, and so it like actually weighed quite a bit, and so we had a really high-end 
crane. Yeah. Not really high end, but for boats that size, it was was a nice one and had full like remote control system with like four different directions and whatnot that you go on. And I always loved like putting that thing down and taking it back up. Yeah. A fun little process of making it all work. And like sometimes I'd have to do it like solo, like our dock. You've been on my boat, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, when we would take that out and it would be like, we needed to take the tender down for some reason or put it up or whatever. You'd have to take the dock, the boat out mm-hmm. and it would just be the captain or my dad or somebody. And then I would just be fully in charge of this entire thing down. So you're like holding the bow and the stern yeah, rope at the same time as you're trying to like <laughs> mo- use the remote control. And then like, yeah. it's got a really long cord. So you're like on the back of the boat trying to slowly lower it down. You had a remote control. Yeah. Oh, so mine, that's like, cool. boom lift would like go up yeah. or down and it would go left or right. And yeah. then, there was also the the wench yeah, the that would wench. go up and down. Did you have an elbow in your uh, the boom because that was like an extra? There's there's a slight one. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we had the same kind of controls, but mine wasn't remote. That's that's nifty. How did you, you have to walk around? How did yours? Oh, mine was just like at the base of the crane, so I just got it. Had the yeah, four levers. And yeah, mine was like a really long corded remote. I mean, kind of like these uh, headphones where they're like gotcha. up, yeah, the yeah, little coiled. loops coiled. Yeah, so I'd be able to like walk around with it and get yeah. back to it. Yeah. Oh. I was I might miss doing that up in Alaska because it's so that was during the summers. Yeah, I don't so it's recall beautiful. that in your list of places. I know I kind of forgot yeah. there's like Texas and Alaska. I, I moved like around a have, lot. You have lived at least ten lives. In, <laughs> are you are you a cat? Maybe I don't know. I love cats, so maybe. Oh, do you have cats? I have always, but I don't right now because I plan on doing some traveling. And mm-hmm. the last, my last cat, Cuddy, he was the best cat ever. Um, the last summer I went up to Alaska, I had somebody move into my apartment to. A lived there during the summer in, in, in Wazoo and then watched my cat, but he didn't do a very good job. And so when I came back, I didn't have a cat. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, yeah, he, he took off and went to somebody else's house and okay. never, never oh. came back. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was At like least he didn't tragic. come home to a dead cat. No, not dead. He just, he didn't feed him and like, Aww. so the cat took off and I can't blame him. And the cat, like he was, he hated me for like a week after every summer when I'd come back, he'd just yeah. like sit there and stare at me. And then I'd like try and give him attention and walk away and classic cats. Yeah. Yeah. But then after a bit, he would warm up to me. But yeah, no, I've always had cats. So it's weird not having any, it's, I don't know. I miss it. But yeah, I, I don't want to get an animal and then go travel and like, yeah, okay, I'll see you in a commitment. year. Yeah. I hope you still remember me. That's kind of why when we were dreaming of Italy and or moving to Europe and then we're like, well, we just got a dog. We just <laughs> got this big old Feeling hunk of meat. probably not in Arr. the cards right now. Arr. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're a cat guy more oh, than yeah. a dog guy. I mean, we I, I had a Arr. dog growing up too, but definitely I think I had. I love cat, cat personalities cats. personally yeah. a lot more than dog personalities, but I'm allergic, so oh. I can't really be homies. My mom has three I can look at them, okay. but I can't pet you them. Can, there's hypoallergenic cats. My, so I was wondering about that. Do you know offhand? My my cousins had some. I, I think they were fairly expensive. I mean, it's like getting a purebreed anything. Sure. But um, but yeah, my aunt was really allergic to them, and she had no problems. And um, my one of my cousins was actually allergic to cats too, and he had no problems with them. So mm. we're also in a coyote central here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's indoor. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So my mom got her three tabby cats, expecting them to be outdoor cats because yeah. uh, we have chickens and like we're in farmland around here. Um, so there's rats everywhere. Yeah, and so she's she got them to kind of help take care of the rat population, and yeah. then 
immediately was like, oh, nope, they're my pets. They yeah. are not leaving because they will die. Yeah. Uh, across the street, there's a nursery and they got 10 cats just to like help with the rat population. Oh, sure. yeah. And they've lost like half of them. Really? Yeah. Because oh. there's coyotes, there's eagles, there's hawks. Yeah. Yeah. We have like, some nights very often where we're sitting in the living room and all of a sudden we just hear this pack outside and we're like, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. That sounds like where so I grew up. Where it's, it is. It's There's something so eerie so about it. It's, I feel like it's like, so like innate fear just from like thousands of years of us mm-hmm. hearing like wolves howling and like. <laughs> well, plus we live in a geodesic dome, so sound travels really weird. And yeah. It's hard to tell where things are coming from, no matter where you are in the house or outside of it. And so it literally feels like we're being invaded. It feels like they're all <laughs> they're around outside. the dome. It's very poorly <laughs> insulated too, <laughs> so things like are like we're pretty loud. Surrounded by coyotes. Yeah, it's super. It's pretty scary. crazy. I'll just like go pop up in the front door and he'll be growling. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Jesus. So I I like living out in the wilderness, but like we're still 25 minutes from Seattle. So it's like, we're not really in the wilderness at all. Yeah. But you're still, it's a cool spot. We get deer and we get, yeah, we get definitely some wildlife. (laughs) Some wildlife. I mean, you live across the street from a nursery, so. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, did Google Maps take you there? It's what it does. I just couldn't tell if it was on left or right. And Mm. I read your message and was like, we're by the nursery was all that I can remember. So I just pulled into that and then I was like, Oh, there it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird setup. We actually live next door. Yeah. So the side is. Jordan's no, we we live in property. here. Yeah. This is our. <laughs> this is your. This is my room. Is our yeah. Home. <laughs> we sleep under the table yeah, here. Sleep down there with blue. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we live. Uh, so it's this weird compound situation. A lot of people get confused when they pull in because they're like, "What's that monstrous brick house at the top of the hill?" That's his parents' house, and then That's we live. We live next door <laughs> in a very quirky geodesic dome. With some apple trees and an apple press. Have you ever had the cider? No. We brought I've... it to Sean's. I wonder oh, yep. No, oh, I did. Yeah, yeah we put Jordan some makes that. Uh, rum in that. Yeah. yeah. That Crushed that with my own two feet. Oh, I will say that <laughs> I bet you could come up with a fantastic warm winter yeah. cocktail oh, yeah. with that. that See, that wasn't it. even, that was just straight apple straight juice. Cider. Yeah. Straight cider. But we do like a spice cider. It's, it's so like good. nutmeg and cloves mm. and cinnamon and spices just make a hot toddy with that kind of yeah whiskey and that's kind of christmas kind morning of our go-to. we're like mm-hmm. okay kids we'll do that we'll yeah. do the presents in a second mommy and daddy priorities some cider put yeah. a little morning <laughs> nip in it yeah so. are you a are you a holidays person are you excited on the fact that christmas is here uh, kind of. I like the family aspect of it, but I worked at Best Buy for a couple of, <laughs> a couple Black Fridays, and that ruined that yeah. ruined it for me for a while. Especially Christmas music. If I hear Mariah Carey sing, I'm like, all I want for Christmas. Yeah, oh yeah, my god, torture. It's like I love the movie Love Actually that that's in it's too. A great but movie. That song, hearing it at Best Buy like five times a shift, I'm just like, I'm going to punch Mariah Carey in the face. <laughs> but um, no, it was. I don't know. Just that working that where it's like a, a mom will come and be like, what does an eight-year-old boy like? I'm like, I, I don't know. What's what's your child like? You should know your child. Like, I think you know your child a certain better kind of, yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, I don't know. What would you like if you were an eight-year-old boy? I was like, I could be totally different. Like, I've, I have no idea. why. It, it was just so weird where it was like, yeah. I just have to buy something because I need to buy something for the kid. It's like, yeah. that's what I don't like about Christmas now. It's like, oh, you just have to buy things for people. It's like, no, you. it's a season of giving, but... I don't know. The commercialization of it is the part that I, I have uh, yeah. issues totally with mainly because I've experienced it firsthand. And Black Friday is like the most depressing 
day yeah. to be in a, a, in a retail that's store. That's on my list of days I do not leave the house. Yeah. No, <laughs> I will still never understand people that, that do that. I'm like, oh, you camped out for three days to save 200 bucks on a TV. Like, why didn't you could have just worked for three days and made more than $200? Yeah. Yeah. People are a little crazy. People yeah. love deals. Yeah. All about those deals. Yeah. Her and I went and uh, we watched the new Grinch movie. Yeah. Which was, was really good. Was it? Yeah. yeah. It was, so I mean, it's, it's just Jim Carrey's so, and the animated one. Yeah, I know. I agree. Was I heard the Grinch wasn't even that like mean in it. No. No, it was great. It was it, it was definitely not nice, but yeah. <laughs> he just wasn't like It was more like mean, why mean. people might be grouchy and no. less about oh this guy's an asshole and more of like oh like mental health. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. It, it, it yeah, it was it was an interesting Is it Disney? take on it. Or I don't studio think so. I have no idea what studio it was. Um, yeah, I was I was definitely surprised by how much I enjoyed it. My parents were just like, "Let's go see a movie," and I was like, "All right, well, let's pick a movie that like the whole family will like." Yeah, and my dad likes animated stuff, so I was like, "All right, cool, we'll go watch it." Um, had a little bit of an edible before we went, so that <laughs> that probably made me Helps. like it a little yeah. bit more. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was cool because it kind of like. I don't know. It was a cool take on mental health around Christmas time yeah. and how it can be a really tough time for a lot of people. Definitely. Um, and how to kind of like, for me, I just kind of took away rather than being my own version of a Grinch and kind of the same thing like you talked about with like marriage. Like I can give you 10 reasons like why I could hate Christmas yeah. because of capitalism and consumerism and just like the general air of people being ridiculous and Black Friday. But yeah. it's like, all right, I'm going to let myself get into it and like be like, yeah, let's get a tree. Let's decorate it. Like yeah. how can I just like be happy about it? And I found I've been happier myself this christmas season because i haven't let the normal things that piss me off so much about christmas i just yeah. haven't let them get to me See, I, yeah for me it's the gifts that i'm stressing about right now I right mm. it's hard to buy gifts for some people like kids buying, buying stuff for my nieces is like so easy but for adults i'm like I don't know. yeah <laughs> Gift cards. i feel like i went through a <laughs> several year phase of that but now this year something's switched where i have been really trying to put in more thought into mm -hmm. it and less worry about is it expensive enough or what what did they get for me last year and just thinking yeah. more like what would this person really appreciate right now or maybe something that they don't even know they would want something that i would think for them but yeah it's not it's this weird reciprocal thing like mm -hmm. oh well you got me a present so i should get you a present yeah and the worst is when you get somebody a present because you just saw something and you're like oh i really think jameson would love this and then they're like Which... then they feel bad because they didn't know they were supposed to get you something and you're like it's like the whole um burning man world where it's like no i'm not giving this to you to get something back i'm literally giving this to you because i want to give it yeah you I feel like christmas comes with this sort of weird guilt obligatory oh, definitely thing i've been on the other side of that where it's like my mom's I'll call him my partner i can't call him her boyfriend they're not married live together whatever but his son uh gave me a gift for christmas and like i'd, I'd met him a couple of times but i didn't get him a gift and i just was like i felt Ugh. so terrible like oh no yeah. i mean it was like he gave me cookies and like chocolates so it wasn't anything big but it was like still his thought was there and mine wasn't I was like damn it <laughs> but then you use that for next year yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah have you ever been to burning man no so that was uh this summer we tried to nicole and i tried to get in the lottery and we didn't get it and mm -hmm. our, our thing was like okay if we're going to burning man we're gonna get the lottery and like make it in or we're gonna go to this festival in germany and go to iceland so we nice. saved up money for 
either or and then nice did, didn't get the letters so like hey, the universe isn't saying that we need to go even though we knew we could have gotten a ticket secondhand but yeah we kind of went with that same thing it was like it was either like this everything is working out and everything is great yeah or it's like no we're not doing it yeah. the reason i bring it up is just because a lot of people think of burning man as being a barter community and they're yeah. like oh like you can trade people for things it's like no there's no trading there's just, just gifting yeah and so it's like i don't know if you can kind of turn Christmas into that similar idea. Yeah. Well, that's what I think it started as, mm-hmm. but now it's fucking America uh, and ruined it. And now it's so commercialized and America. Fuck uh, yeah. Yes. No. Come to save the motherfucking day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, even like over, uh, I'll still go back to Europe and reminisce about it, but like the little Christmas markets and things that they set up over there. It's mm-hmm. like, it's so cute and it doesn't feel nearly as commercial. Yes. They're selling things to you, but it's like, I don't know, just families are there hanging out and it's, I don't know, it just felt much more real versus going out to uh, Westlake Center here in Seattle and like, oh, the light end of the tree at Macy's. It's like, no, this isn't like, these are a little tiny, like, it's more like a farmer's market. Kind yeah, of. It's like and when you're purchasing something, you more than likely who you are purchasing it from, it's going to affect them personally. Yeah. It's not, they're not just making some minimum wage and then that product that you bought is going to go into yeah, somebody else's money pocket it's the just... amount of money that people spend at somewhere like walmart on black friday oh, or christmas yeah. and like you realize you're just making rich people really rich and all the people that work there are making basically zero yeah. and they're on food stamps and they're on <laughs> government welfare because yeah. they don't get paid enough money sweet yeah. keep supporting that yeah <laughs> yeah okay so i want to try to put a positive <laughs> so easy for me to go dark here I know. So, I feel you. so actually a question i had for you and yeah. this is a good way to kind of cap all this off is with this time of year and with the fact that you're in the bar culture you're in the nightlife music scene where you stay out really late and you encounter a lot of different things do you have a self-care regimen for your physical health emotional mental like it's just a huge topic for us especially when we're um trying to bring mindfulness and yoga into the nightlife scene and the Mm -hmm. festival scene like it's a big passion project of ours so do you have any things that are kind of your go-to's to keep balanced um i mean i think snowboarding in the winter time i've definitely when i was into rock climbing during the summers and stuff that was my thing but uh, i think that's something i could actually work on right now is is doing something at least physically that's a little bit better for self-care and such like that like i've, I've gone to some of yo- or, um, nicole's yoga classes and i hate it during the class i mean it's the hot it's the hot yoga but like mm. i went to the first three and like went to the class and then went home and showered and i was like okay it felt good but like i showered right after the class and like a cold shower i was like oh my god this is now i get it now i see the hot yoga so i want to try start trying to do that but like with my work schedule it's so hard that is yeah. the hardest part it's like i quit rock climbing because i didn't have a buddy to go with me anymore because up here in seattle it's like everybody that i know dude let's go rock climbing yeah do you, you go like indoor indoor climbing yeah so oh, yeah. I, i've had memberships around stone gardens um nice. seattle bouldering project yeah. i want to check out vertical world too because they've got the like 60 foot walls i haven't which, been to that one yeah yeah we've, th- that's we've done stone gardens and seattle bouldering project seattle. We've been doing the like bouldering's fun but it feels like a, a short sprint versus like a long I like distance bling. run. Yeah. 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 It's like down in San Diego, there was a gym, Mesa Rim, that I was at, and that had like um, 70 foot walls, I think. And mm-hmm. it's like the exhaustion of that. And like, I like smoking a little weed before going because then I could yeah. get in more of my own head and like, for sure, forget that there was a rope. So you'd be up there and you're like trying to shake out your hand. And then you like look down, you're like, oh, I'm 40 feet up. And you're a little baked. And they're like, 
oh, what if I didn't have a rope? And I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like the real adrenaline versus bouldering. We're like, okay, I'm just going to muscle through this and get up to the yeah. top and then let go. And we're not built to muscle into no. things. But we're I think we have better rock climbing. You guys have great for sh- rock climbing. Yeah. For sure. No, Take I know. For my little short stubby heavy body. <laughs> no, I know. But that's but that's been the key is learning how to utilize all the different muscles in different ways yeah. to like really do it versus Spider just like monkey. I'm going to jack myself yeah. up here. Like oh, yeah, how was, do you use your legs? Well, that was like the, the guy I climbed with who was like 5'8 and I mean, one one forty five, but he was, you know, stocky, and he could just get through things that I could never do, and yeah. and it's interesting to, I don't know, but then for you can me, get your doing, hips closer to the wall, yeah, but then for doing like long climbs up to the top, I would just crush them. So yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was kind of a funny difference in in climbing, but one uh, of our yeah. most favorite events that we've ever done was like two years ago or three years ago now, where we had, um, I don't know if you've heard of Cough Adventures, KF, they're located no. in Seattle. It's kind of down by Monkey Loft, and they do. They have awesome guides, and we paired up with them for a rock climbing and yoga day where nice. we started off with partner yoga, just like stretching and warming each other up. And then we did this short hike, and there was a guide and all the gear, and we worked on rock climbing and belaying. And then afterwards, did acro mm-hmm. practice, which was really cool progression because in the first part of the yoga, people were kind of testing each other out, getting to know each other, finding yeah. some of that trust. And then rock climbing, you're communicating, belaying, like doing all of that. And then by the time they got to the acro, you could see this like shift throughout the day of trust and communication and and trying something that's maybe a little scary and it was all with pretty much beginners but yeah it's really cool to see those things start to just the commonalities between oh, yeah. them and to see them well yoga together. I, I feel like most gyms now like have a yoga mm-hmm. studio in them if they're newer and have the space for it it's like and i mean they go together hand in hand i think that's like rock climbing is like the one sport where i feel like i could do that until i'm old it's yeah. not like Nah, I mean, snowboarding you can do, but it's a little it's a bit little rougher. Harder, yeah. yeah, versus rock climbing, <laughs> but then rock climbing and yoga, it's like you could do that forever. And not. When you get more to my age range, now that I'm almost 42, I'm super excited to get back into skiing once we can afford it. But there's also a part of me that feels like if I fall hard, yeah. it's a lot of different financial impact and just life impact on me, yeah. recovery wise. Um, you know, I, break a hip in my <laughs> in I don't think you're quite the, the break the hip page, yeah. page but but recovering from any injury oh, when yeah. you're over 40 just feels different oh, um yeah. for I mean, sure so I mean, 27 the difference from like now being 21 yeah it's... yeah nine day yeah I mean I can't yeah <laughs> so it seems like you like to move your body outdoors for yeah. for emotional and physical wellness is there any like when it's shitty outside or you can't make that happen do you have any like quick go-to's maybe five ten minute resets that kind of help you out uh, these days not really i used yeah. to have like a pull-up bar in my room and i'd just kind of pop out and like i'd be playing video games or something it's like i'd stop and do 10 pull-ups push-ups mm-hmm. sit-ups and whatever i would always used to sit on a yoga ball at my desk too and that's what i was saying i, I kind of need to work on that right now physically i don't do as much as i should probably but well the cool thing is with yoga you don't have to go to a class and you don't have to yeah, be in yeah. a heated room you can do 10 minutes at home mm-hmm. on your own and um, even just stretching like, yeah. I, like we all know it like if you played sports growing up you always had stretching circles before any sort of sport or any yeah. activity like but you just kind of half-assed it and you're like yeah stretching's dumb yeah like now that i'm almost 30 like stretching is the single most important thing i can do well, especially, <laughs> it helps so especially much if you have a significant other that you can do it with like that's yeah. the, that's times where you know we'll just be like hey i'll stretch you if you stretch me yeah. and then you get just to be lay, lay there and be lazy and the other person stretches you and yeah. it's a nice it's way to great. get back to yeah. each other and it's if like she me. does yoga then she 
sure. has enough ideas of the different stretching that yeah. you guys can partake in. Yeah, I should probably follow Nicole's lead on that more. But yeah. yeah. And stretching feels good. Oh, no, it definitely does. Definitely. Like, especially like back stretches and things like that. Like, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. oh. so, I don't know, being tall. It's like, yeah. You're hunched over all the time. and oh. think that's, You're definitely encouraged to not take up space. I feel like it's... I don't know when you're really tall. You guys are slouchers. (laughs) Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Well, like our spines were not Mm -hmm. built to support this. And then you've got this bowling ball that just sits on the top (laughs) of this gangly ass spine. (laughs) that's supposed to somehow hold you up. Yeah. And then everything in life is looking down because it's, yeah, lower than you. I mean, at least for me, I think bartending doesn't help because it's like I'm looking down Mm -hmm. all the time. So it's just constantly in that. Well, and DJing. Yeah. DJing too. If you get a short DJ table, it's like, it's the worst. Especially if it's dark and you're trying to look look down at it. You're like, what effect channel is on? I can't even see it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then there's the other end of the Will Clark spectrum when we were at yeah, camp out. God. We're like, why are they clearing this? We were backstage and they're cleared backstage and brought in this huge platform. We're like, what is happening? We're like, oh, Will Clark's on it, this. It, it's so yeah, tiny. He's teeny, yeah. I've seen him at Q for it's the first time. firecracker, and, though. Yeah, when you see him like with his beard and everything, so you kind of like expect this... I don't know. I expected a big Burly dude with dude, like yeah. beard and everything else. And he's like five, four. I don't even know. It was no, like, not even. Not even? Yeah. <laughs> She's probably about five, four. Mm, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. I'm only five, but Yeah. It was like literally like a full another like <laughs> table. That's amazing. Like, that was supposed to go for like the whole DJ table was set up with yeah. like big legs and everything. And they took a second version of that DJ table and like slid it all the way where the whole standing area was. It was great. <laughs> oh, I feel like he must get shit for that. I'm sure. I mean, he's probably just like, but he crushes it, it. So yeah, Crush whatever. It. It's like... it was actually really fun to watch. Whenever yeah. you have that perspective from behind, it's some of. It's just I. I like to watch what they're doing and everything yeah. that's going on. It's just a great perspective. But he was one of the most lively, active DJs I've ever seen. Like moving nonstop. Like, yeah, just His dancing, just beat, going. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, I was like, damn, get it, get it. He was also excited because he, I'm sure, just because in his case, like he makes great music and yeah. has been for quite a while, but yeah. he never gets to showcase that at a mainlining, or a, like a main headlining spot at yeah. a festival. Not at a festival, and yeah. at, at Dirty Bird, he played the like, what, what, it was right after Justin Martin? Yeah. It was like Justin Martin played and then he played. Nice. And so he was Smashed. like playing like late night, like more yeah. techno-y stuff than most people are used to. And it's really cool. Speaking of festivals, have you guys heard of SXM? No. So it's down in uh, St. Martin. So it's like in the Caribbean. Let's go. I, I bought flights to it last night. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. When is it? Uh, it's in March. That's March 13th to 17th. But it's, it's kind of an interesting story, I guess. I, so that festival I've heard about, it's been going on for a couple of years. It can't didn't happen last year because the hurricane that just wrecked the mm-hmm. island. Um, but I've been looking at it. Always good lineups. It's like kind of deep tech um, there's like some techno, Alex Nigaman, Cora, um, who else? Vic and Armin's playing at it. I'd have to look up the lineup again, but it's pretty cool. And then on an island in the Caribbean. Um, but Sold. I met, yeah. So I met this guy at the Fest Festival in Germany this summer. My, Nicole and I met him. His name's Alex, a uh, Canadian dude. But we just like sat at the same table at the food court and ended up chatting and, and hung out with him a bunch. Um, but he came to Seattle to visit us. When I was hanging out with him in Seattle, he got a phone call from his buddy, um, uh, and his buddy's like, Hey, yeah, I'm just up in Seattle for this weekend. And I'm like, what? And you're in Seattle. And so we ended up hanging out with him and his buddy just moved down to St. Martin to be the social media manager and, um, like resident DJ at a new day club down there. And they had a bar manager quit like two days before I met him. So I was, I was like, Oh shit, I might be able to get a job in the Caribbean. It didn't end up working out. They hired somebody else, but now that guy's down there doing his thing. And, uh, 
booking out DJs, so I might get to play down there. Wow. You could probably play on this beach club. Um, That would be dope. Yeah. So at least I got some connections down there. But it's your type type of music. Like, you guys, I think you would really like it. And the lineup, I'm sure they're going to add more artists. But if it's anything, like, I went to BPM and Playa del Carmen. If it's anything like that, it would be awesome, just minus the shooting. But Yeah. We talked to some people about that. Yeah. Oh, man. I took, a, I took a disco nap at the right time because I was supposed to be at that club and I woke up to Darius calling me, like repeat calling me. I remember ignoring his first two calls because I was just like, it was like 3.30 calling? in the morning and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Calling me, Darius. And then I finally pick up and he's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, what, what's going on? He's like, dude, there was just a shooting. And then I look and look at my messages and there's all these messages from my friends that were there and they're like, don't come, don't come, don't come. Uh, like, it's just a shame. <sighs> shame that the cartels can mess up such a beautiful festival because it was so cool. 10 days too and yeah i, I mean it's like two of them similar kind of thing like that and that's why i think two would be fun for those festivals and mm-hmm. you guys yeah. just went down there for vacation and we went down for it? a yoga oh, okay. training type thing gotcha mm-hmm. it's beautiful yeah it's definitely a the cenote is gorgeous place else. to be yeah. yeah i'd love to go down there and not be partying my ass off the whole time I was, <laughs> I was down there with my my buddy and like we did had like a day and a half where we dedicated it to touristy stuff but the rest of the time it's like geared out until nine in the morning and yeah, not, not and too every high time we've traveled, I, we were just talking about that recently. I don't, we've never traveled, well, you have obviously for like EDC and stuff, but every time we travel, it's either yoga or work oriented. Yeah. So we, we actually usually like sleep and eat well and are pretty chill. And then we yeah. kind of like have this moment where we're like, should we go out? Like, we could go <laughs> out. And even on this uh, Mexico retreat, uh, there was a night where everybody like kind of went out or whatever the intention was to kind of party. But I don't, I doubt anybody stayed out past midnight. Like it mm-hmm. just ends up being really chill, which is yeah. good because we go out a lot at home. So it's a good balance. But I don't know. I, I would like to do a trip one of these days where we're going to a festival that I'm just such is a- abroad. I'm just such a social creature that I like want to go with other people. So yeah. it's like for her and I to go is great, but like I want like a group of friends. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. To, like go but crazy. Also, I mean, at a festival you're, you're gonna meet people anyways. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not There's, the best at that. No, we're both yeah. a little. I feel you there. We're both a little, a little introverted on that. <laughs> <laughs> a little shy, yeah. but we could rally a crew to go oh, for yeah. an international festival. Why not? It might just take some planning ahead. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's, that's it's, what BPM was going to be because mm-hmm. like Gene and Corbin oh, both yeah. went and they absolutely loved it with Tom. And so they were like, you got to come down. Yeah. Now it's in Portugal and I think Brazil. Oh, I want to go to Portugal. Yeah. Well, there's a million places we want to go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just monetarily. Somehow. Yeah. We got a scratch off <laughs> map in our living room. Oh, you guys you got one of those? Yeah. yeah. It's super anticlimactic. I don't know if I would do it. <laughs> like when you go to do it, you're like, oh, I literally been nowhere. Yeah. Like the world is huge. <laughs> Or you're like, I went to like Europe. You're like, well, you went to like one city yeah. in this place. So and then you hopped on a plane and went to tiny. another city. So really, you haven't been to all of Denmark. Right? No. You've been to a major city in Denmark. It definitely takes time. Like that's to really experience a place. Like you get, uh-huh. you got to live there for at least a month to like mm-hmm. truly yeah. get it. I mean, even just two weeks is, is a good bit. But I'll never like when I was backpacking with with my buddy it was like we stayed we had this regimented schedule we're like okay we're doing this hopping on a train getting to this city doing all that and it was like about like three weeks into the trip we're like this is fucking exhausting mm-hmm. like we're going into places and just everything we're packed the whole time and it was it was like eventually in berlin we're like okay we'll be here for five days and we ended up staying for 10 and it's like the, nice. the experiences that we got from those last five days mm-hmm. were so much better because you're meeting people meeting locals connecting with other people it, it's 
We went on a whirlwind three-week adventure in New Zealand, which I loved. But next time we go, I would rather pick like one or two spots and really be there and get to know the people and the culture a little bit more instead of bouncing around quite as much. It was cool to bounce around because it'll make the next trip easier to plan. Yeah. Now that we have more of an experience with what areas we would want to spend five to ten plus days in. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just so hard because you never really know enough about the culture and whether or not you're going to like feel, this is kind of an American thing to say, but whether or not you feel totally safe there. Yeah. Um, and so you usually end up staying at some sort of like a, a nicer end hotel in your attempt to like be more safe or feel like there's enough to do. And then you go there and that's kind of like secluded in yeah, its own way. And so you're not in the middle of it. And so it's like, I don't know. It doesn't really, it doesn't really do it justice. Yeah. That's why I'm a big fan of Airbnbs Me just because it's, yeah. Like, yeah, staying in, in Germany with, at an Airbnb and it's like the guy gave us all these pointers and what good pizza shop was around the corner and like where the locals go for this and that. And it's like just and having a good Italy host did like that. that. For us. Yeah, yeah super Brown helpful. was amazing. He was so, so helpful. Yeah, Airbnb's clutch. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't had a bad experience yet. I'm sure there are, there must be those bad experiences. We've but. only had one bad experience, yeah. but overall it's every everyone's been way better than the hotel. Yeah. Way better. It's just the the true experience that you get. And yeah, I don't know. It's like going to Mexico and you're going to Cancun and then you stay in a like all inclusive resort. It's mm-hmm. like, meh. Yeah, you're there for. I guess it's just different goals. You're you're yeah. there to sit on a beach and relax. You're not there to like see the country or. Culture. We did that in Tulum and it sucked. Well, we did it just for like the last two days. Most yeah. of the time, well, it's we really nice for those that, that like mm-hmm. relaxation. But if you want to like get that traveling experience, it's mm-hmm. totally totally different than I don't yeah. know. So you just booked tickets. Yeah. And where else, what else do you have coming up? Because you said you didn't get a oh. cat because you got travels going. So, uh, so that's going? it right now. I'm, I'm sticking okay. in Seattle at least until after Burning Man this mm-hmm. year because that's my goal, get to burn. Um, so I'll be here through at least October of next year. And then my goal is probably Europe, otherwise New Zealand, because I can get a working vacation visa there mm-hmm. so easily and I could just go snowboard. But um, and then, you to do that before you're 30. Yeah. Or there's this other small crack dream pipe dream whatever that i have of, of this saint martin um mm. so maybe getting a job down there through him um because that would be cool live on a beach it's like an island of like seventy thousand people i think or something yeah those happening. wandering vibes yeah no. yeah if you if you left seattle and it you still end up coming back oh i'll definitely then you will love new zealand yeah yeah. Just New Zealand is like. Have you not been there? No. It feels oh. like home. It feels like home, but inverted. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like you go to the very northern tip, and it's like being in San Diego. Yeah. And you go to the very southern tip, and it's like being in British Columbia. Yeah. And then everything in between, because we went from. Were you guys north just on the North South Island, South. or did you? No, we did both. Okay. It really felt like the Pacific Northwest from yeah. California up to BC. It was, be- but. But just a little more. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like little, that, but just like turned up a notch, Yeah, a little more Lord of the Rings in there. Like the people were just nicer. Everything was just like that much more like crisp and beautiful. The colors of the water, you were just like, are yeah. you kidding me? So yeah, I mean, if if I being we were both raised in the Pacific Northwest, so I if I could see living anywhere else long term, yeah, but still feel connected to home, I think that would be the place. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and just the working vacation visa is so easy. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the temptation there. For but, you youngins, not for me. <laughs> yeah. You got to be, what, under, under 30? Under and, 30, yeah, yeah. with the bachelors. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd really like to go to France, but Nicole doesn't speak French. So that's kind of. You can pick a it up. I felt like we got around <laughs> you can be pretty your translator. well. Yeah, I could be your translator, but. 
And it's not too hard to it's, learn. You just put a little bit of time, especially when you're living there. Oh, if you're, you're living, living somewhere, it's easy. Easier. I think if you're living there with somebody else that you talk to the most and they speak English, then it's... The first True. day. Yeah. Force her. The first day. We don't speak any French. The first day we were there and we were trying to navigate the train. Mm-hmm. Oh, my this God. in Paris it or... Was, yeah, yeah, chaos. Yeah. But then by day two, we're like, oh, I got this. Oh, I know what that said. Yeah. I mean, you have technology. Just oh, yeah. Technology is amazing. Well, and honestly, Translate. French, in terms of like look of the language, there's a lot of shared words with um, English. It's just mm-hmm. not pronounced at all the same. And there's yeah. probably letters that you don't even pronounce and they're just <laughs> there. But yeah, no, I'd, uh, it'd be fun. I mean, we're, France, I, I, I could get a visa and I just don't think... Um, Nicole could because there's like a French proficiency part of it. Where you have mm. to be yeah, good at it. But interesting. Oh, we'll I see. No, that was part of it. It's I, I need to look into it more because I was looking at visas. Uh, the other options like trying to go to school there, but I'm just trying to figure out any way to get over there. But right now with our governments and the EU and Brexit and all that, it's kind of a weird time. It is. Well, maybe you will manifest it on here. A lot of times if people talk about what they want on here, yeah. it starts to suddenly come to fruition. So we'll think good thoughts for you. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. But then also the island. I don't know. There's lots of cool things that I think could happen, but we'll see. Nice. We'll see. Adventures. Yeah. Adventures are the best. Yeah. I think well, thank you for adventuring out to our little studio. No, thank you for having me. Redmond. <laughs> it was really good to chat with you to yeah. kind of hear more about who you are. I feel like you two are very similar in a lot of ways. <laughs> I would like to see a little cl- musical rock collaboration yeah, well, need, yeah rock but i want to see a little musical collaboration at one point too right. i love rock climbing i'll go with you yeah let's do it because i yeah i just want people to climb with during the day because like have you guys ever been to seattle boulder project yeah. after 5 p.m yeah. oh, after 5 p.m that's like not i mean it's like that same thing in san diego seen in the surfing in the water where it's like yeah, yeah. i got 40 people watching me trying we'll to do this right now. yeah we'll that's what i love going at noon it's like nobody's there like perfect i'm done with that yeah or we can do a, a double day bring Nicole sometime. Yeah, no, she'd love to. Or we can go to yoga class. Uh, isn't there? There's a stone oh, gardens over in Bellevue yeah, too. Not I've that far that, from yeah, here. Yeah, I've heard that one's pretty nice. I think so. I still have some punch cards there actually. <laughs> <laughs> I Try that out. Because I know they've got the, I think 50 or 60 foot walls with Blaine. So. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. Okay, yeah. we're doing it. All right. All right, sweet. Thanks, Jameson. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide.